Welcome everybody to episode 3 of Mark Out of 10, a wrestling podcast where opinions mean everything and nothing at the same time. After the clues on our Twitter, I can reveal that this week's episode will focus on our top 10 tag teams in wrestling. Whether they're multiple time tag team champs, two singles competitors thrust together, or whether their promos make you feel something, you'll hear justifications as to why they're in our top 10. So who are we? Well, I'm your bald-bearded, beautiful bastard Shields, and getting the hot tag is my co-host, the man who would love nothing more than to no-sell a young buck superkick, the housewife's favourite heel, Hoxie. How are we doing, Hoxie? I'm really good, mate. I'm even better after that unbelievable entrance. That's uh, I'll take that, mate. I play. That's, that's, play. It's, it's getting better, right? It's getting better every time. <laughs> Taking the hot tag. That's I like it. what you did there. Let's see what I did there. See, yeah, mate. Tag teams. What are you saying? Tag oh. teams. Um, yeah, well, it had to be done, oh, right? I mean, it's a... Yeah. And yeah. you were saying that this has probably been your most difficult week so far. I don't know. There was, at one point earlier on today, while we're recording this, there was 19 on my list. So I've had to whittle it down from 19 10, obviously with the old honourable mention. I knew straight away what the honourable mention was going to be as soon as we decided what to do. So I'm really excited. And do you know, you we, we might call it the shake moment or the chic moment or whatever, like the <laughs> left field. Um, this will probably be my first chic moment, I would imagine. Nice. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll drop a little teaser for that for later on. But dude, I'm so, like I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. But it's been so hard. Like I was I was I was making all my notes. Um, like I was like yesterday and earlier on earlier on today. And when I was like making the notes on a few stuff that I knew was going to be in there, if you know, I was like, I'm going to take this out. I'm going to. I've like scribbled out like there's like four pages on my notes. <laughs> scribbled out like no i'm gonna start again need to start again it's crazy it's been really good though it's been good fun you don't realize like obviously we we're resting fans and we've got our favorites and stuff but when you're making a list of stuff and you write down what could go on that list you forget mm. how much good stuff you're talking about it's yeah it's crazy crazy this has been not even close it's been the hardest one definitely yeah for me, it's the opposite side. I think there's there's probably reasons why I found it not easy, but definitely not as hard as the other two. Um, especially last week, last week's episode of like the most overrated, I thought was really difficult just because there's so many people that could have been on the list. Yeah. But, uh, but that's by the by. Um, cool. But before we get started, I just want to thank everyone who's listened to, shared, liked, and followed the first two episodes of Market at Ten. It is greatly appreciated. Um, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, you can email the podcast at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com to give your thoughts, your opinions on our list, and also future topics for us to discuss as well. We have got a list of stuff, but if you can think of something um, that you want to hear us talk about, then by all means, email us at wrestlemark10 at gmail.com. We've also got our Twitter, at mark underscore out of 10, that you can tweet at. We've got our YouTube channel that you can watch and also comment on as well. Um, and also, just to help the podcast grow a little bit, make sure you do share the podcast as well. Share it to at least one person that you know, um, someone that wants to hear me and Hoxie talk about some all, all things wrestling. Um, yeah, speaking of comments, one of our YouTube subs, actually, Paxam Plays, commented on episode two. So we're just going to take a, a minute, again, indulge me just for a minute or so. 
Pack Sam says, this was an absolutely fantastic episode. There's a big pat in the back for us there, Hawksy, I think. Uh, so yeah. yeah, this was an absolutely fantastic episode. I think you should reveal the next episode's top 10 at the end of the current one so that listeners can prepare their own and compare while listening. Because I would now love to give mine, but I feel I could be influenced by what I just listened to you guys. Fair <laughs> enough. Also, Hoxie, yep. how can you call Randy Orton boring but rate John Cena? It's absolutely insane. <laughs> Well, um, thanks to Pac Sam, I, I couldn't agree more. Randy Orton being number one of most overrated is a ridiculous thing. Um, but yeah, so Hoxie, oh me and Hoxie talked about it, and I think because of the feedback of Sam, and we've had this discussion, just trying to see what fits in terms of the podcast, we will reveal yeah. the topic of the next one at the end of this episode. So hang yeah. on to the very end to find out what we'll be talking about next week. Yeah. It'll change it back. Yeah, little little change. Like I said, this is this is as new for for us than it is for for anyone. So we're still we're still learning. We're still we're still taking on 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 board all the um all the sort of comments and stuff. And I I can see why. And and yeah, I think it's cool. We'll, we'll definitely go down that route. Let everybody get involved a little bit more, right? Good yeah, 100%. Fun. Yeah. We yeah. want to we want to hear your list as well. So um, what I will say is we are also getting a website as well. So all. The podcast will eventually be embedded into the pot um, the website. We're going to put like maybe a letter corner or an email corner. So any like stuff that you send in to us, we'll probably put in there so it's archived properly, so everybody can read. Um, we can't obviously if this podcast like launches to the moon, we might not be able to put everything on there, but we will do it because we have had a few emails in as well. So thank yeah. you to everybody once again. It's been cool. We get some emails and read what people have sort of took time out of their busy days to like send us some stuff. It's really nice. Yeah. People taking the time out of their day to listen to us, which is awesome. Um, top 50% of podcasts or wrestling podcasts or whatever. Yeah, so I, I was looking I, at, um, <laughs> as mental, I was looking at the, the, the sort of stats for podcasts because, you know, that's the life I lead. And apparently if, like, you have <laughs> podcasts that are hitting, like, 32 listens or 32 downloads or whatever, you're in, like, the top 50% of all podcasts in the world, which is mental. So, yeah, we're fast approaching 100 downloads, which is quite cool. Um, over two episodes so hopefully episode three will get us over the mark but um yes once again just thank you to everybody that is listening it is greatly appreciated i love it i love just the fact people like i'll get like a, a random message like oh what wow. <laughs> you put such and such on your list or you had a, a there was a discussion in one of the group chats one of the wrestling guys group chats about jbl the other day um but you putting jbl on there which is ridiculous in my opinion there we go but I just love it. Love like random messages. Oh, that was so good. Or I don't agree with that or agree with this. Or like, it's brilliant. But it's all about the justification, right? 100%. All 100%. about the justification. And like I say, love everybody's it. got their opinion. It is great. Right. Okay. But before we get started on our lists, big wrestling news of the week. Um, and it was Tony Khan revealed there was going to be a particular gift for Sting. So Sting obviously announced his retirement. We talked about that in episode one. Um, and. You know, the, the gift was revealed, and it was revealed then it was none other than Space Mountain himself. It was the nature boy, Ric Flair. Um, now, Hoxie, we both love Ric Flair. Yeah, one of the best to ever do it. Potentially yes. the best to ever do it. But on a, um, on a. Yeah, I've I've got concerns about this. Uh, I don't know about you, but what's your thoughts about Sting's gift being the nature boy? It It's... Oh. It's going to end up with him being in the ring again, isn't it? Mm. Basically, um, I just don't. I don't want to see it. Flair for me. You ask me on most days, most times, he's my favorite wrestler. 
Um, just the business was incredible. The matches he had, the, the way he lived, he, he was he was him. Uh, you know what I mean? Just incredible talent, incredible on the mic. We know all that sort of stuff. But just, just stop it. Stop, please. I don't want to see you. I mean, if he, he had the match with um, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, didn't he? Him and Andrade. Yeah. The tag match that was, was meant to be his retirement matches. He, he retired on his own terms in this match or whatever. He was like faking a heart attack in the match, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, which is just... It's not it's cool. It's just wrong. It's not cool. No, not cool at all. I don't. I don't want him to. I don't want him to come back. And he struggled. And it was just. It was horrible to watch. I. I got <laughs> amazing terms. Secondhand embarrassment. Like I couldn't. I couldn't watch it properly. It was just hard to watch. And yeah, I, I don't want to see it again. He's going to end up dying. He's going to be dead. He's going to yeah. end up dying in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, there's going to be a, a big risk of that happening. It's just yeah. not cool. It's just not, not cool, good at man. all. Yeah, I've got big concerns. Like I say, I agree with you. I think it's ultimately going to end up with him being in the ring. And I call it sort of the Andrade uh, tag team match with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I, I called that like car crash wrestling. It was just, you didn't want to watch it, but you just couldn't take your eyes off it at the same time. Yeah. And <laughs> it was just, yeah. it's just horrific. And I mean, let's be honest, he should have retired after the Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania. That was the perfect, match yeah. to end couldn't have got better than that it, it couldn't it, have got better it, than that it could it was only going to go on the downhill i mean the you know the, everything from him expecting the switch of music to the sean michaels i love you i'm sorry you know the, the, it, it was just the perfect way to end such a, a brilliant career and don't get me wrong that the jay lethal and jay lethal sort of carried him through that match because jay lethal is like different gravy he's, he's so good incredible um, again, it was it's passable in terms of ending it in his own terms. Like, say the the whole faking a heart attack in the middle of the ring is just really bad taste. That wasn't wasn't nice at all. And I agree with you. I think it, it could potentially be the death of Ric Flair in the ring. And do I know something? Yeah. A really sad thing. I think that's what he wants. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like I, I, I just going down in battle, <laughs> the Viking, the Viking death sort of thing. Just the, the real life, the, the wrestler. You know that that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's Randy the Ram. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big kids. Randy, <laughs> Randy Rick. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's already rumors are even before he came out of um, on AW, he's like he's been working out in the gym a lot, like. So I don't know whether that's just because obviously he's had his health issues and stuff like that. I don't know whether that's just to try and help keep him a little bit more healthy. But he's been rumors are he's been hitting it really hard. So I just I just don't know. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Flair and Sting in Sting's last match. Like you, if you were Sting, you would want to go out on a high, right? You'd want to. You'd want to have that. Amazing match, or as or as good of match as you can possibly get. Now, you're not going to get that yeah. with with Flair in your corner wrestling fucking FTR or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just no. Sting, Sting can still go. You know, in terms of granted, not as much as he used to, but you know, he can still yeah. put on a decent match. You know, what what he's done in AEW is nothing short. Considering he was supposed to be like medically retired after like what yeah. happened in WWE, you know, yeah. Seth Rollins and stuff, but. Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, 
I think we could have had a hundred guesses in episode one in terms of who is Ric Flair's last match <laughs> going to be. Uh, sorry, who's Sting's last match going to be? And it was never going to be Ric Flair. It never would have no. entered my head. And no. you know, you know, for all the the flaws of Ric Flair in terms of why are you doing it, shame on Tony Khan as well. You know, if, if that is the ultimate shame on him, because you know that's nothing more than him just trying to draw in ratings. Because if he truly does like the business and loves the business as he says he does, then he wouldn't want two legends that are Ric Flair and Sting to go out like that. And it's it's just sickening. And, you know, this is another reason why he was on my list last week. You know, just, uh, <laughs> you know it's just, yeah. just not cool. Just not cool. No, it's not cool at all. I think it's another T-shirt, mate. Not cool. Just not cool. But, uh, just not cool, man. But yeah, can't I can't agree anymore. It's just, just don't, don't it's, it hurts me, pains me. Yeah, really, really pains me deep down. I don't. I like to see Flair on my TV screen. Like if you put a Flairish kind of promo or whatever, then that's fine. Like I like to see him pop up every now and again, but I don't want to see him in the ring. I don't want to see cheap him pop, though, right? That's what that's what you want. You want to hear the woo, yeah. but yeah, like, you definitely um, want to hear the woo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so guys, listening, what do you think? Do you want to see Ric Flair? in a match, I mean, we're only speculating, you know, it may very well be just in Sting's corner, whatever the case may be. I mean, this could be a perfect foil for Darby Allen to turn heel, you know, he could attack Ric Flair, potentially, um, and then we've got this sort of Sting-Darby Allen final match, I, I don't know, and then we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. I still don't think... No, I still don't think he can be heel. He, he can't. However... We will find out. That's the thing. Like we, we, we have this. Obviously, we've said the top ten. Everyone's and everyone's got their own opinions and stuff. And I love trying to work out what's going to happen and different ways it can happen, different outcomes, different storylines, different plots. What's going to happen here? Is he going to do that? Is he going to do this? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Of it. I think the only thing we can agree on that Tony Khan's going to fuck it up. But that's just my opinion. But oh, yeah, you, there's a there's a there's a track record, isn't there? There's a high yeah. chance. Hundred percent. Okay, okay. So that is our um, major news story within the business. Let's get started on this list, though, Hoxie. Okay, we're going to list our top ten tag teams. Now, for me, when I was putting mine together, I felt in a really difficult position to do this. I found it quite easy, but at the same time, it was quite difficult. That's a contradiction in terms. I know shields, but um, <laughs> um, the reason why I think that is because for a large part of our sort of wrestling fandom. Mm-hmm. Tag team wrestling, especially in the major promotions, was really sort of disrespected, and it was like a an afterthought. It wasn't thought of as being really important. The ginger stepchild of wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no soul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so no one cares. Yeah, exactly. So there's there is a few like modern day tag teams. We'll call it like I'll say that on my list. But I had to properly delve into like the sort of history books and you know the the clips and stuff of of matches we watched in the past and that's how i yep. came up with my top 10 um so yeah i think we just get fired straight into it are you ready hoxie uh, are you ready i'm born I'm ready, ready mate. Mate. I'm born ready yeah um, who wants to go first me or you you go first mate you go okay. first age before beauty and all age that malarkey okay okay um so my number 10 of the top 10 tag teams are the Freebirds. So Michael P.S. Hayes, Teddy Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. And simply put on there, 
because of the impact they've had in wrestling due to like the Freebird rule, the stuff that they came up with. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't know what the Freebird rule is, it's when a wrestling faction or stable with more than two members win the tag team titles and the people that can defend the title can interchange, essentially, right? So um not just the Freebird rule. I mean, if you look back in t- over time, like they did have major feuds and they were properly over as well as babyfaces. Yeah, I mean, uh, you had them in NWA in 82 with Stan Hansen and Ollie Anderson. Um, then they went to like uh, world-class championship wrestling and they had the, f- the feud, I would say, in probably the Freebird's career against the Von Eriks. Yes. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it, it's down to just generally the Freebird rule. And, and that impact is seen, and you can look through sort of wrestling history in terms of the different teams that have, have used the Freebird rule. You had the Russians um, in JCP, you had Demolition, you had the Heavenly Bodies, you know, and that's from JCP, that's from um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And then you've got the modern day wrestling um, factions as well that use the Freebird rule. You've got the Wyatts, you had the New Day, and probably most recently uh, the Undisputed Era as well, Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, stuff like that, and NXT. Um, I just think it's testament to the sort of impact that the Freebirds had on tag team wrestling and wrestling in the whole, because as I say, they were so over in, in the territories they were in. So. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet with the Freebirds, but yeah, they're in my number 10 for top tag teams. Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. <laughs> Bad Street in the whole USA. <laughs> Bad Street, nasty and hot. The further down the block you went, the better it got. DMCA, Dude. man, DMCA. Dude. Right, so good. So good. Um, I will let you into something now. Mm-hmm. They aren't on my list, right? Um, but they were on that massive list yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I had to whittle away um, through no real reason apart from the fact that a lot of the piece sort of mean more to me. You can't deny what they did to the business. Yeah, uh, it did for the business. Uh, Michael Hayes is still in the WWE now. That's how much of a big deal this guy mm. is and has been forever. Um, Terry Gordy was one of the best to ever put on a pair of boots until he had his issue on the plane. Poor bugger, <laughs> yeah. like nineteen years old or whatever, like running around the the territories in Japan, beating the shit out of everybody. It's like Bam Bam Gordy, just yeah, Jimmy Garvin, everyone, just unbelievable. Great, great workers in a really good, really good time for the business as well. And that that JCP run, you say with what they would there was amazing amazing and they they had a really 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 impressive feud with um jerry lawler and yep oh my god the australian guy shit bill dundee yep in in mid-south uh for uh content all just they yeah they had some they had some barners down there so good i, th- I think it. what i think what's also really important as well when you think of tag teams and you think of like stables and factions and stuff it's it's not just that you can tell how successful they are by how often they're trying to be reinvented. So you've got like the Freebirds, and I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be other factions yeah. stuff. And it's not just like say I had I had Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Gordon, Buddy Roberts as them, but there was that different sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Different we'll call it variations of the Freebirds, mm-hmm. and it's probably the yeah, same Brad, with different tag teams. Brad Armstrong was in there at one point, I think. Well, there you go. He's yeah, a great so, worker. So yeah. So you know, I think that's testament to how important those tag teams and factions are when they try to remodel them remodel them i mean like um the horseman for example i mean the horseman i didn't 
count them as a tag team. There were a tag team within the Horsemen, which we'll talk about later. Um, but but you know <laughs> what I mean. We? But you know you know yeah. what I mean. It's like the Horsemen. Like it's a stable. So, yeah, exactly. It was yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, three birds for me as number ten. Brilliant. Yes. Over to you, Mister Hoxie. So uh, my number ten is going the complete sort of flip side of that, but still entrenched in that sort of mindset. Um, I'm going modern. Um, these guys had to get on my list, and they uh, they crept in at number ten. Is FTR, the Revival, uh, Dax and Cash, um, just unbelievably good. When when I, I've said this before in a past episode, when's all said and done, and we're looking back in like twenty thirty or whatever, at amazing tag teams or the best tag teams ever. These guys will be in the conversation, and they were gonna they will be in the Mount Rushmore conversation, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Um, the reason they're not any higher up is because they've still got that time to go for me, if that makes sense. So um, I think they're like 10-time um, tag team champions across. So you've got NXT, Ring of Honor, AW, WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. and AAA. Obviously, so that's world championships, if you know what I mean. But there's, yeah. Obviously, there's countless independent uh, championships that they've held. Just unbelievable workers unbelievably good storytellers in the ring um just talking about like instant classic matches uh the tag match that they had on collision with the bullet club gold with juice and jay white recently that's like i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it it's one of the best tag team matches i have seen in my life and it was on on a on a late night tv show and they just went out and just just made magic happen. Um, you've got those matches with um, like American Alpha in NXT, mm-hmm. that tag match at the NXT TakeOver. I can't remember what NXT TakeOver it was now, but just amazing. They are the only tag team in history to hold titles in all of those five promotions. Whoa. So NXT, Ring of Honor, AWWE, New Japan, AAA. Well, there's the six there, but NXT classes as, as WWE, if you know what I mean. The only tag team in history to do that. Um, just like just unbelievable matches. The, the no flips, just fists. <laughs> that, they, the, the, that thing that they brought on a few years ago, like that isn't just like a gimmick to them. That is them. That is their, their, the way they think about things. Um, great minds for the business. Another... Um, Shout out for another podcast. Um, Dax Harwood done a podcast for a, a short time with a guy called Matt Coon, um, which is on Spotify and, and stuff as well. Um, wrestling with Dax or something like that. Yeah. If you are a a wrestler um, and you are involved in wrestling, like I am, um, go out of your way to listen to those to to those podcasts. Breaks down the psychology psychology of some of his matches and he picks a favorite match that he's had that he's watched and from back in the day or whatever he'll tell guys to go and watch it just an unbelievable mind business and cash but he's not running around um playing cowboy like he's he's just as good as dax as well so just i i, I love to get on my list just because yeah. of how much i love them what they do what they mean to the business um we had a conversation last week about just making the they could have made all of the money. These guys with with uh, with the books could have made all of the money. Um, and they just didn't do it at the right time. I just think they've missed out. They missed a. They're they done a, a dog collar match like a. What was that? Sorry, they've been wasted in AEW. They've been wasted. Yeah, yeah. They they have. 
when they've had the opportunity to do something, yeah. they've smashed it at the park. Um, some of Dax's singles matches have been incredible. We're talking about tag teams, but if you if, if you take one match, that, that what I'm going to try and do as well in, in these lists is try and pick one of my favourite matches of these people who I'm talking about now. So okay. if I was to take if I was to take one match from FTR um, to go out of your way to go and watch that you probably haven't seen is the Ring of Honor match, the dog collar chain match that they had with the Briscoes. Fuck me, what a match! Just incredible. Just I, I, I've listened back to the podcast and I say incredible a lot. So I'm going to try and get the thesaurus out and stop saying it. But just <laughs> unbelievable. A tag team chain match, dog collar match, whatever you want to call it. There's not very many of them in history anyway. No. Um, but for them to go out on a Ring of Honor show like that could have, that should have been on a on a WrestleMania or a. Or whatever, you know what I mean? A, a, an all in or something like that, a, a big stadium show. Instead, it was on a Ring of, pay, Ring of Honor pay per view, but it's just that should have been on, on a big show. It was an insane match. So good. Just FTR, they had, they had to be on me for, for me. And they, they said I got them in at number 10. Fair enough. I, I mean, they are, they are on my list as well. So that's later on. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of re emphasize the stuff that you said there. But yeah, FTR mm-hmm. is different gravy. So yeah, I agree with that. 100%. I am going to. I'm going to get to the end of this list, and I'm going to wish I put them higher. But just from my 19 to 10, they they got in there, and I just stuck with it in the end because I couldn't yeah. be bothered. <laughs> so much. Oh, so, I yeah. can't be bothered. <laughs> I was just like, ah, fuck it, damn it, Meg. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, right. So that's your number 10 FTR. Great shout, and Mad 10 is the Freebirds, like I said. So Hawks, are your number nine? My number nine is the Steiner brothers. Ooh. Steiners, Scott and Rick. Um, I just think so. When I started watching wrestling when I was a, when I was a kid, um, they they were like the first things that I can remember watching on the paper, like the pay per views that I was watching at the time. Those early nineties WWF pay per views, mm-hmm. um, eleven times uh, tag team champions. Was it eleven? Holy shit! Right, okay. Eleven, eleven times over. There's obviously loads of yeah. WWF, WCW, IWG. I, I, W, G, P, um, uh, tag team champions. They were the first tag team to hold those three championships as well. So like the WWF, the WCW, the first guys to ever do that. Uh, just absolute units, just badasses. Just you, you wouldn't fuck with them. They're hard hitting. They're stiff. They're snug. They're strong. Um, just absolute badass. Like badass amateurs as well coming out of Michigan, like um, Michigan, Michigan, whichever one you, one you want to call it. Just that's a whole, a whole sort of presentation of them when they came like, on the on the scene in in eighty nine. That that sort of the um, the gear that they would wear, the head the head piece, the re- amateur wrestling yeah, yeah. headpiece for uh, for Rex. Just um, just so good, so good. Like I remember watching them as as a kid. There's a lot of this in here. So like, it's um, there's a lot of personal as well as like statistics in here for, for me. If you know what I mean, it's it's yep. obviously personal opinion, but it, these people made me feel and what they make me feel now, looking back and all that sort of stuff. So uh, the Steiner brothers, just, just yeah. There's a, I was I'm, I was watching WrestleMania nine, so the one at the one at Caesar's <laughs> Palace, and they had a they had a match. I can't remember who it was with. Might have been with. Samoans or something, but they cut a promo 
uh, with <laughs> got a promo, and they were like, "Right, we're going to go out there now and kick their asses." So they, it was a pre-recorded promo that they that they kind of pass off as obviously just before going through the curtain, <laughs> and when they walk through the curtain, they've got different coloured gear on to what they were wearing <laughs> in the promo. I can remember watching it a few months ago and just being like, "Holy shit, he's got <laughs> singly on!" Like, so what good. the fuck? But I just, yeah, I just remember them like. Just obviously the the recliner, the fucking just just kicking, just beating the shit out of everybody who went in there, and just being like, "Holy shit!" Like, "Oh, are these guys!" Like, "Look at the size of fucking Scott Steiner. He's massive," and just like the the pit bulls that you're in. Oh, 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 oh. I just love it. Yeah, just love it. So the Steiner brothers, number nine, just just because of how they make me feel, and they are one of the best tag teams ever. Like, they you can't sort of deny that. Um, but they got it. They got there on the list because of sort of me remembering them fondly from when I was a kid as well. Which is what all this is about, right? We got to remember it. stuff, and what turns us on to wrestling and keeps us there. They were, they were part of it. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what we said in every episode, right? It's, it's about does it make you feel? You know, it, 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 there's that's that's the beauty of wrestling, right? And so yeah, the, the Steinbrenners aren't on my list, but again, it was one of those ones that's. <laughs> It's a massive list, but yeah, they just didn't make it for me. Um, again, it's yeah. I didn't have that same sort of connection to them. Yeah, they were amazing. They like you say, hard hitting fuckers. And as I talked about JBL last last week in terms of you know his early work before he was JBL, like Bradshaw, he was a hard hitting guy, and that's the sort of shit I like. It's you like what you like, right? And uh, yeah, it's just so so good. Um, Steiners were against the Head Shrinkers at WrestleMania Nine. That's who it was. Head Shrinkers. There you go. Yeah. Wild Samoans, I was sorry to say, yeah. Cool, okay. Steiner Brothers, great shout from Hoxie there. So, my number nine, it's I think this is the one that you'll probably shit on if any of them. For me, it's the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn. They were the last, they were the last off my list. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, really? No, no, it's fine. Yeah, they were the last ones off. That's amazing. So, yeah, basically, the. They were brought together after their solo runs were a bit shit, right? Yeah, they, I think they were actually feuding <laughs> it. They were actually feuding at the time, and they were like, "Do I know something? This ain't going to happen." So like, we'll just mash them together. So this is like two solo competitors pushed together, and they transitioned to, to possibly the most popular tag team of the Attitude Era, the biggest era in like in modern history. You know, it's it, it's an incredible. They won the. WWE, WWF tag team title six times. They joined probably the most talked about faction in the Attitude Era, DX. Um, in terms of their ability, you, you know, Billy Gunn was a big, big monster, right? Road Dog was the guy in the mic. He brilliant on the mic. Let's be honest. He's they, good. He slept on as a worker as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Time as a worker. Yep. Um, you know, people were going on about yeah, but you know, what did they do? It's like. You've got to remember they were actually put over by Mick Foley and Terry Funk, you know. Yes. You know, um, yeah. And granted, they like they lost the dumpster match at Mania, but the night after, obviously DX got involved and they won the titles back. But you know what? What's it? Mick Foley says it's the most. Um, it's the most polite. Like I can't, can't even remember. It was something to do with the bump. Uh, Mick Foley. He, he loved the bump in the dumpster where him and. Chainsaw Charlie got put in the dumpster, got pushed over the edge, and you know it, it legitimately hurt them, and that's why the dumpster match happened at Mania. But you know they were put over big time by two legends in terms of Mick Foley and Terry Funk. So I mean straight away, yep. um, you know that that solidifies them for me. You it know, says a lot. 
absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you were at high school during the Attitude Era, everybody, <laughs> everybody grown up did the New Age yeah. shtick. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your ass better cut. Okay, let's stop that. Um, but you know, everybody did it. It was either that bit or it was like the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You know, the entire thing. Everybody knew it just because they were so cool and they you can just recite it now. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like Twenty-five years later or whatever. It's like muscle memory, right? <laughs> I just think for me, they personified like what a cool tag team were during the Attitude Era. And, you know... You've nailed it, mate. And I You've think, nailed it there. Yeah. I think even now they're they're getting on a bit. You can see Road Dog hobbling down to the ring, and but it still pops the crowd. And, you know, we talked about cheap pop before, but it's a cheap pop, but it's a nostalgic pop. And, again, it's, it's that how does it make you feel. And I can't help but look like when they're on the screen... It makes me smile. I, I, I'm a big Billy Gunn mark as well. I think Billy Gunn's amazing. The stuff he's doing in AEW just now, like um, it's just so good. Like Scissor Me Daddy Ass is just one of the best things in wrestling just now, and <laughs> it, it pains me to say that, but it's so good. And it's brilliant. I, I love Billy Gunn. I love Road Dog. I just love the New Age. Outlaws. when they went to TNA as well, the, you know the um, Voodoo Kin Mafia Voodoo and stuff. Voodoo Mafia. Like, the whole thing, and they they certainly had their ups and downs in terms of their own personal demons, but I think they recovered really well. Billy Gunn was a major proponent of NXT, like the Performance Center. I mean, mm-hmm. like so. I, I just think in terms of tag team wrestling and wrestling impact in general, I just I, I don't think you can look much past the New Age Outlaws. I just think they were a lock on my list pretty much from the get go. It was just depending on how high up they were going to go. Yeah. Um, we're off to a good start agreeing on this, mate. We're, yeah. We haven't... It's... Uh, like I said, they, they were... Like, they, they could get FTR on here, if you know what I mean, for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, I can't agree anymore with you. They, they were so close to being on mine. Um, with all, all the, the reasoning. Like, Billy Gunn, he... If he didn't have asthma, he would be the biggest names in wrestling, probably. He's Hulk Hogan size, like yep. the height and build. And he can go, he's got an incredible mind for it. He just can't do singles matches because of his asthma. It fucks him up. It's really bad. They tried with him. Um, and they were, they were saying to him, oh, what's going on? What's, why are you having these, what's happening out there? And they, they narrowed it down and he went and got tests and stuff. And it was because he had really bad, he was had, um, was it sports induced asthma? Oh, shit. So obviously, when he, when he was he was always in tag teams and stuff yeah. all the way through. Like obviously, you would do your bit, but you weren't obviously constant. You tag in, tag out, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. And when when they done the singles run, he they realized sports and use asthma. So that's that's what hamstrung him. If he didn't have that, he, they would have pushed him to the moon. He, he won he won King of the Ring, didn't he? he? Did, 2000, yeah. 2000 or ninety nine two thousand or whatever. Yeah, so that, that that's love the, Billy Gunn. That's the catalyst, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you know that my favourite gimmick. It wasn't Mister Ass. It, it, obviously, what he's doing just now is really cool in terms of Daddy Ass. But it was the one Billy Gun. It was when Tory Wilson. I was on an episode of SmackDown. Tory Wilson introduced him as the one Billy Gun, and his theme tune for that is just so good. It's like I love Billy Gun, man. It's like not quite yeah. an Undertaker level marking out for Billy Gun, but <laughs> you know he, he's my honourable mention. He's my honourable mention. There you go. Love so it. yeah, that's my love number it. nine. The New Age Out was. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's cool. Excellent. Um, Number eight for me are the Rockers or the Midnight Rockers, however you want to do. Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. 
Wow. Okay. 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 Um, for me, I thought they were the sort of transition from the old school tag team because they they were an old school tag team in terms of who they feuded with and you know the teams they actually beat as well, which is is mental. And they yeah. they transition from that old school tag team to the bright, vibrant, like sort of high flying young tag teams of like the nineties as we know it. Yeah, that's as I said, they they competed against. Well, it's the, their fault. Yes. No, no, no. I wouldn't go that far. That's, that's potentially later on. Um, they can, like I say, they competed against and they beat some of the best tag teams around ever. You know, Midnight Express. They they beat them to win the AWA Championships. Um, they beat uh, the Brainbusters, so like Arn and Tully. Um, what was really interesting, I don't know if you know this, they never officially won the WWF title tag team titles. Do you know the story behind that? I think I might do. But go on. So for those that don't know, so basically they never officially, they don't get recognised as a WWF tag team title, right? They they did actually beat the Hart Foundation, okay, in a two out of three falls match. But what happened is, it was obviously all taped, it was all taped in those days, yeah? And what happened in the match, the top rope actually broke. And so they were fixing it during the taping. Um, and they even, so they won the titles, they even defended it. I think they defended it against um, Paul Rome and Hercules, which were power and glory. Power and glory. <laughs> but the win against the um, the Hart Foundation was never ever televised. And the titles actually just got transitioned back to the Hart Foundation. And a lot of folks say that's actually the beginning of the early beginnings of the issues between Sean and Brett. Because Sean, wow. Sean was actually blaming Brett for sort of politicking behind the scenes as brett is known to have done in terms of you know we, we can't televise that it doesn't look good the ring broke blah 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 and the titles went back to the heart foundation and um, so yeah that's the sort of backstory there so even though they unofficially see when marty Jannetty came back and was it two was it 2005 was it yes around there yeah yeah see in the prom one of the promo videos of that you actually see the rockers with the belts, with the belts, you know, celebrating, but that was never televised. So that's yeah, that's one of the reasons. Um, yeah, so for me, great tag yeah, team. They could have hit anything back then because it wasn't yeah. all over the place, was it? And like the internet wasn't a thing, so it wasn't like people finding out within two minutes on a fucking message board somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that's yeah, crazy. Great tag team. Uh, then obviously they went solo, the barbershop incident, you know, uh, Marty sort of fell by the wayside, he's had well-documented issues in his personal life. Um, Is that what you always call them? <laughs> fun for all the family. Um, and, <laughs> and obviously Shawn Michaels became the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, and the rest is really history. They are, yeah. So for me, yeah, the Rockers have to be on like any list of tag teams. There was that sort of transitional tag teams between the old school territory days and what we know as tag team wrestling today. And he still didn't make it on your list of top champions. He's, go he's going to be on my list of the greatest wrestlers, <laughs> but in terms of champions, no, he did not. <laughs> Fuck you, Hoxie. Thanks for bringing that back up. <laughs> yeah, mate, I, I, do you know what? They weren't even on my list of 19 Oh wow! Yeah, um, just I, just you didn't think of them, or you just didn't think they were worthy of it. Just a bit, yeah. Okay, I, I could like around at a time. Like I don't disagree with what you're saying in terms of like that new generation of like um, different workers, the the high spots, the 
mean, there's a there's a spot now. I, I don't know if this is like an international um, thought process, but now um, I would call a spot. I would call the Rockers, um, which is grab a wrist lock, go to the top, double axe handle on the wrist. Wrist lock tags the other guy. The other guy goes on the top and, and does the axe handle on the wrist. Like that's like a that's how I learned what it was called. You can call the rockers in a match for probably most parts in the UK, and okay. I would imagine everybody would know what it's about. So like they have a lasting sort of impact on the business, really. But I wouldn't. For me, they were just a bit yeah. yeah. Maybe I just didn't get into them like yeah, you did. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's probably what it is. But they did. They they weren't even on the nineteen. They weren't even anywhere near it. I yeah. think it's it's also again it's that thing that I said at the beginning. It's the case of you know it's it's when they try to remodel like tag teams. You had like obviously the Rockers. You had the Midnight Rockers with Sean and Marty, and then you've got the New Rockers, Marty the Jannetty, rockers. and Leaf Cassidy. Leaf Cassidy, and also, then yeah, you know, and then anything with the word "new" in in front of it <laughs> yeah. is always going to be shit, isn't it? And then <laughs> was there not one as well? Um, the newest Rockers. Oh God, I don't even know. Shit, I think, I think that was in like twenty. 21 2022 something like that it was the newest um, rockers i think so I, Google I, it. I, correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure there was don't worry i'll edit this out i'm sure it was at crush with marty Ginetti at crusher fest um the newest rockers october 21st leaf cassidy's al snows formed the newest rockers with the youngster cal hero winning the ofe tag team titles there you go yeah great great belt great belt Story belt Story title <laughs> But anyway, yeah, um, my rockers are um, Marty and Shawn Michaels. Um, so, yeah, my number eights. Over cool. to you, Mr. Hawks. My number eight is Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, the new Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the Brain Busters, whichever, whichever the way you want to call it. Uh, five-time uh, world tag team champions, uh, two for JCP, three for WWF. Um, the founding members of the Four Horse. Mm-hmm. Not forget that one of the greatest stables in history ever. Not even close. When you when you look at their history as well, we'll get to how it all finished and what and what happened in a minute. But they were only active in total for for three years, and they've had yeah. one of the longest lasting sort of impacts on tag team wrestling and, and on the on the business on the industry. Just imagine like what could have happened, what would have should have could yeah. have been. With those guys like still going for all the way through that that WCW period into whatever they they were, they were only young guys, you know what I mean? Like obviously Arn had his had his injury his nineties, but maybe that might not have been the case if they were still tag teaming. You know what I mean? If they were going yeah. all the way through, you you never know what. Just imagine some of the matches they could have had with some of the guys. Maybe maybe going into that sort of attitude era late WCW time that Monday Night War it could have been yeah. so good um, such a good finish as well that, that <laughs> the pile driver thing just this um, oh my god it's gone absolute brain fart but just an amazing finish really really good finish massive legacy on the business um, totally obviously failed that drug test didn't he mm-hmm. which is why they had to sort of get out of dodge basically and he did. There's a story that he did sort of manage to renegotiate or sort of get another contract offer about six, 12 months old, like every, all the dust settled. Um, but he turned them down because it was, it was half of what he was offered, what, what he was earning before. 
um, like the, the the sort of contract to the downside guarantee, whichever way you want to you want to say it, half offered crazy, half of what you had before, which is just nuts. But Tully Blanchard, just unbelievable, unbelievable mind for the business. Great with a pair of them, great workers. Arn Anderson will go down as one of the best to ever do it, like mm-hmm. the best to ever put on a pair of boots. Like that Minnesota Wrecking Crew sort of rehash was just cool. It's one of the best names for a tag team effort as well. Minnesota Wrecking Crew is just amazing. Um, just having those unbelievable matches, um, just the, the Starcade matches with like the Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Clash of Championship, they have the big, uh, the cage matches and all that sort of stuff with the Four Horsemen. Just amazing, amazing matches. Really historic matches. Um, yeah, they'll they'll definitely go down as as two of the best. Um, and one of the best tag teams ever. So f- for that, they they got onto my number eight definitely. Can't disagree with you. They're on my list as well, further up. So yeah, I agree perfect. With that. There we 100%. go. There we go. I don't think there's going to be a lot of argument. I mean, the ro- the rockers were obviously like you you didn't agree, but at the same time you could understand why. But yeah, I'm not going to fall out over it. I'm not yeah, going exactly. to fall out over that. I don't think. No. Not like Randy Orton. If people want the dirt, fuck. <laughs> Randy Orton can get in the bin. Get in the bin, Randy. Oh dear, that's funny. Okay, you're number uh, seven, I think we're on, right? Yes, number seven. Lucky number. Um, my number seven. So there is, I don't know if you can hear that. That's me. And then the pages on my on my notes. Um, we've got seven, six, and five. I nearly broke the rules doing this, Shields, okay? I nearly put seven, six, and five as like one number. But then I thought, no, I can't do that. We're only three. This is the third episode. I can't be going <laughs> off pace and breaking the rules and getting into trouble already. So I haven't. So I've had to do them all separately. When I say the name of number seven, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to do five in your head yeah. <laughs> automatically. Yeah. Uh, number seven for me is the Dudleys, the Dudley okay. boys. Fair enough. Bubba Ray, Devon. 23 times tag champions mm-hmm. across numerous and that's what that's recognized world tag championships over numerous promotions and i know someone will moan with it they lost it 24 times didn't they like fuck off like to be yeah. even be in that mix is just absolutely Insane. unbelievable yeah um obviously ecw originals um that whole dudleyville with like the sign guy and spike and just oh, just just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. They they sort of set the precedent for that ECW sort of um, mantra and that world in which they in which they live in. Um, so they they just set the precedent for for that amazing sort of like ECW mental like just craziness was just mm-hmm. amazing to see. Uh, obviously, they went on to just do mega things. They're the only in history, and this is a big list, so just bear with me. They're the only team in history to win the WWF, the WWE, WCW, the ECW, NWA, the TNA, IWGP Tag Team Championships, and they won the All Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Determination League as well. Jesus. It's basically every promotion that's ever meant anything ever. The only One's really there that they haven't done is like AAA and CMLL, but I'm pretty sure they would have done some stuff down there 
Euros, but like it's just seven different championships and the all uh, the all Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Determination League. Um, obviously, they've left a legacy of. Now they could be argued good for bad, good or bad for for this. Um, the TLC matches, those matches that they had at those WrestleManias and stuff with with the other guys. Um, Hall of Famers, obviously WWE Hall of Famers. Just they were so over, yep. so over. Um, like the WhatsApp, like for the headbutt and Devon get the tables, just all that sort of stuff. Like the power bombing May Young through a table. Um, obviously, I don't know if if they were still together, but Buddy Ray power bombed Dixie Carter, didn't didn't he through a table or TNA? Someone yeah, yeah, right, yeah. power bomb through a table. It was probably her, bless her. Um, just amazing, amazing guys, amazing workers, amazing mind for the business. Left one of the biggest stamps on tag team wrestling ever uh, with with the other guys who they done it with. Just amazing stuff and like singles runs. I mean, Buddy Ray went on to be a world champ. TNA just yeah. amazing, amazing gimmick, amazing character, amazing work with that with that world championship run. Just they. What they've done for all of the stuff, all their championships, the the journey that they had through through wrestling, they they list for me number seven. It was also like their finish as well was one of the most protected finishes in wrestling. Not a lot of people know it, yeah. and like yeah. no, nobody once you once they hit the three D, no one kicked out of it. I mean, you could get the the uh, the pin interrupted by the tag team partner and stuff, but they yeah. didn't kick out. Do you know who was the first to kick out the three D from the Dudleys? Oh. I love a fact. Come on, give it to me. Give it, it to a, me. It was the Motor City Machine Guns in TRA. Wow! Yep. They had that best of seven um, run, didn't they? With, with machine guns. They had seven matches. The thing is, it, uh, meant, it, meant, something as well. it meant something as well. Oh, because, shit, yeah. Because Fuck what they yeah. did, yeah. They, then, they then moved it in terms of that was the reason why Team 3D split. Because Bubba Ray or, or, or um, Bully Ray blamed Devon for fucking up the move. And then that's Amazing. why they split. And then obviously aces and eights happened as well. And it just it just all escalated mm-hmm. from there. But I think there was a time, I, I think it was on the Stone Cold podcast where Bubba Ray was on it and they were talking about, I think they were feuding with um, the Brothers of Destruction, Taker and Kane. And, yeah. you know, I think Bully Ray and Devon were going to let hit the 3D and Taker was going to kick out of it. But Taker actually went, no, that's, that's like your protected finish. Don't do it. And he didn't. He didn't Amazing. want to take it. I'm sh- I'm sure that's what it is. Again, the listeners will be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that was yeah. in the Stone Cold podcast. That story came out. So yeah, crazy. That's incredible. It's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. To get taken being like, nah, now nah, you're all right. Amazing. Oh, that's a great story. That's bang on. I love that. Oh, I love, I love it. it. So yeah, Dudley's yeah, great show. I forgot about forgot about that that MCM um, tag sort of a few that they had. Go out and watch some of those matches. That best of seven. Brilliant. Yep. Like, Motor City Machine Guns aren't on my list, to be fair, but it's like, no, to be fair, were, I actually forgot the about them. <laughs> there was there was two TNA tag teams um, that were on my on my massive list, okay. and I took both of them off, and Motor City Machine Guns weren't one of them, but they nearly went on the list. There was two TNA tag teams that didn't make it. 
and I'm a little bit annoyed that I didn't put the one on. But however, you put the young box on, didn't you? See if young box are number one hawks. Well, find you and swiftly boot you in the stones. I was just I was working last week when we were slagging them off. Sorry, sorry guys. It was me all along. Good shit. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, moving swiftly on before we get sued. Um, okay, so man number seven, and I'm still sticking with old school, like old school tag team, and it's going to be the original Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Needhart, um, Jim the Anvil, with the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart as well. And I think it fall. The reason why they're on number seven is just I felt like they had to follow on from like where the Rockers were, you know, where they're Sean. Yeah. There's always going to be the talk about Bret. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're just slightly ahead of the rockers you know two of them brothers-in-law uh, trained in the heart dungeon by Stu. uh originally <laughs> again it was a sort of a circumstance thing as to why they started tag teaming together because brett was originally going to be given this like really crappy cowboy gimmick and um he refused it shock horror um and you know he was close to actually getting booted out and he actually said i'm going to I want to team with Jim, and you know, and again, the, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, so Brett, obviously, the technician, the excellence of execution at that stage, the early stages, and Jim was the powerhouse. Yeah, he was an he was a big boy. Um, yeah, the anvil, bastard, yeah, big bastard. Thing is, with the Heart Foundation, they're great heels, like really good heels. That everybody thinks they were like really good baby faces, but I think their heel work was even better. Yeah. Um, some of the best tag team matches again. If you haven't seen them, I think they're on YouTube as well. With uh, against the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, just insane tag team matches. Um, and again, it comes down to this whole longevity thing. You know, the Heart Foundation. There's so many varieties of the Heart Foundation. You've got obviously Brett, Jim, and Jimmy Hart. You've got um, the New Heart Foundation, which was Owen and Jim and then you had the Heart Foundation stable which included like Brian Pillman and then eventually Davy Boy Smith the British Bulldog as well I, I think all those varieties of those different Heart Foundations that stem from that original tag team um, so again purely down to the sort of the impact over the long term in the wrestling business I think the Heart Foundation has got to be on there for me yeah I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with that mate can't disagree they, they were one of the ones that I took off one of the ones that yeah. I took off and just it's I prefer Bret Hart more than I prefer the Hart Foundation obviously they did have that they did have that stable didn't they sort of later on that sort of 1997 is my favorite year in wrestling and the Hart yeah. Foundation were, were a massive massive proponent of that um but when it comes to the tag team they would yeah I they weren't up there for me but they, that's, were on, that's fair. they were on they were on the big list mate let's put it yeah, that way they've got they're on the they would be getting a Christmas card off me, but they wouldn't be getting a present. <laughs> I think what, yeah. you, what, what you've got to do as well with tag teams, and again, you, you'll, you'll know this as a wrestler, it's like right now you have like the little guy, like the technician, and you've got the big fucking bruiser, right? And I think they, yeah. they, they epitomise like tag team wrestling at that time, you know. The Rockers were very, very similar. They are both very technical, very quick. Quicker than a hiccup, as good old GR Not just say. catch can. Uh, <laughs> so yeah I think they sort of epitomise what a tag team probably should be like in terms of technician guy and a big hitter and I think that's what a lot of teams are actually modelling themselves on just now so yeah yeah yep. cool my number six and we're going proper old school probably the 
best heel tag team of all time. Um, and I'm going with Midnight Express, Dennis Condry and yeah. Bob Eaton, uh, managed with good old Jim Cornette. Um, mentioned him a, a couple of times. Definitely the best heel of the 80s, and like I say, probably of all time. I, I, I can't think of anybody that got as much heat as Midnight Express. Now, I'm, I'm only sad that I wasn't alive or old enough to sort of uh, hear the sort of heat that they could get. But obviously, you can learn so much from videos and stuff that you can see. Um, I think collectively across all the Midnight Expresses, they won like 53. So obviously, Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton didn't win 53, but I think the Midnight Express as an entity did win something like stupid across like all the different territories. Um, and I would probably argue that, again... You can put something in here. I would say probably the best tag team feud of all time with the Rock and Roll Express. I I, I can't think of anybody. I, in terms of longevity of the feud as well, I think the Midnight versus the Rock and Roll, I just don't think you can sort of beat that in terms of long, long-term long rivalry. That's proper long-term booking, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, mentioned... Might talk about this soon. <laughs> mentioned it in the last podcast like we were talking yeah. about the Bucks Jim Cornette knows tag team wrestling it's simply down to like he's worked with the Midnight Express I think he was the perfect heel manager for Midnight he he again for all his flaws he he knows tag team wrestling he knows wrestling he's got a great mind for the business and he's not scared to take a bump yeah <laughs> it's like back in the day he was taking bumps left right and centre um, they had Matches with Road Warriors, um, and the biggest bump that Jim Cornette did was, and he talks about himself, was the scaffolding match at Starcade 86. You know, he got a legitimate knee injury because he was basically huckled off a massive scaffolding, and uh, he was supposed to be caught at the bottom, and he he didn't get cut, and he got fucked. So yeah, um, for me, Midnight Express. I, I think when you My talk about tag fucker. teams... Motherfucker! Goddamn! Uh, God uh, yeah, he's, he's, they've got to be on the list, Midnight Express for me. Aye. Aye. We'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We'll revisit it 100%. Cool. Hopefully. You're number um, six, Hoxie, before we talk about... I'm number about... six. So, following on, um, I said there's these next, well, the next two after this are all close together. Um, for me, the number six is the Hardys, the Hardy Boys. Jeff and Matt, uh, 12 times champions, WWE, what's WWF, TNA, Ring of Honor as well. Mm. Forget about the Ring of Honor run. Yeah. The only ones to have ever held the Ring of Honor and the TNA at the same time. It's a little little fact for you. Oh, wow. um, stupidly over. Mm. Unbelievably over. Just mental. Like Jeff was like, obviously just the... Everybody loved Jeff. Like Matt was, he's always been secondary to to Jeff with with yeah. stuff. Just everybody loved him. The women, every time he used to take the top off before he used to do the swan song, you can just hear it squealing. It was mental. Um, they were they were on top. All these guys we're going to talk about were on top in like that massive boom period for wrestling. Yeah, um, they they were like. You talk about the top singles guys. You've obviously got your Stone Colds and the Rocks and the Takers and the Mains or whatever. Like when you talk about actual talents or like names on a page, these these guys were they were some of the top 
top names on that on that card every single time. Um, unbelievable matches. Like obviously, the TLC match. It's, it's, it's a, this is a running theme, but they they just had some incredible matches. Royal Rumble uh, two thousand uh, Madison Square Garden. That that match with the Dudleys. Um, just. Yeah, it's just like fond memories of running back from school. <laughs> I've recorded it on Channel 4 the night before and just running back to watch it and seeing Jeff take that swanton through the tables on Bully Ray, like through the tables and stuff, just so cool. Um, also, the, the, the comeback at, at WrestleMania 35. Um, obviously, you've got the that, that tag match, t- like four-way tag match thing in the... The new day come out and we all think, oh, it's going to be the new day. It's yeah. going to be the fourth team, blah, 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 blah. And they cut the whole who, who, who promo. And as it hits, just like I can remember watching it and like jumping up off my sofa. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, I can remember my, my, my missus like looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, the fucking Hardy Boys is like losing my mind. Like, I was fucking 12 again. Just so good. Were, were you doing um, the like the Jeff Hardy the like... dance? Yeah, I was doing the dance. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, mate. I was doing the dance. Just do that. Just the music coming out. Just so good. So good. And then obviously you look at their singles runs as well. Like yeah. obviously the stuff Jeff went on to do. Um, like the, the call, the, the Jim Ross call with the ladder match. That you had with with the Undertaker, like climb, climb the ladder, kid, make yourself famous, like just so good. Like the start of that that transition into that single star, obviously all the title runs he did. We're not going to talk about the first bar, but that obviously the V two and the V three, like getting sacked and just the 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 outpour. He was one of the first, probably one of the first guys that the internet got back into wrestling after he got released he was like that groundswell of like fans and people in the crowds with the signs and chanting in the crowds and on the message boards and that sort of stuff um great mind for the business he's completely lost it now but he did have at one point um so yeah number six the hardy boys just my memories of really really getting into wrestling you you talked about um uh new age outlaws earlier on Mm -hmm. like that that, like oh just sitting with your mates staying up till two three four o'clock in the morning watching pay-per-views like on sky we remember these guys to come out to see what mad shit they're gonna do just yeah like watching raw around your mate sky like i didn't have sky when i was a kid i didn't get sky until like really later on um just fond memories of, of being with my mates watching mm-hmm. these guys and yeah it's good good feels good yeah. feels and yeah they've got to be number six yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree. It's like for everybody that does the oh, you didn't know for the New Age Outlaws. If you didn't do the Hardy Boys, like you know the oh, uh, like uh, like with the the fingers and stuff, like yeah. you you weren't arrested. All the leg drop and yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. yeah. I mean, they they appear later on in mine as well. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take a break there. So that's fine. Cool. Okay, so that's us got from 10 to 6. Um, what we do now is, for those that haven't listened before, if you haven't listened, make sure you go back and listen to the episodes 1 and 2. Uh, we take a break in our list and we talk about something in the wrestling industry that we think was a mistake, probably something that shouldn't have happened, and we call it the Royal Fumble. <laughs> Royal Fumble. Okay, Hoxie, let us know what is this week's Royal Fumble. 
this week's Royal Fumble is the ending of The Undertaker's streak. The streak in professional wrestling. The ending of that. They shouldn't have fucking touched it. <laughs> there isn't... Should we just finish the session there? Like, it, yeah. It, but, <laughs> but it's, like, yeah, it's just... If they were going as to far do as it... You, go on, go on. So, yep, sorry, okay. sorry to interrupt you, right? No, 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 you go on, you go on. For me... If they were going to do it, they didn't need to do it to Brock Lesnar. Now, I understand it's like, well, who else is a legitimate threat to Taker? And Brock Lesnar probably at that time was the only threat to The Undertaker, the only believable threat to The Undertaker, right? And I think that goes without saying because he is an absolute animal. But Brock didn't need the rub. He didn't need the rub of the streak. You know, he was already over. Everybody knows how much of a badass he is. He didn't need to. Um, and so for me, yeah, it's just a major, major flaw. And everybody goes, oh, you know, Taker wants to give back. And yeah, he he, he does, he, you know, and oh, it's just, it was just a bad decision. I think what made it worse is obviously Roman then beat him as well. Was it the, was it the year after or the year after? year after. It's yeah. like, and, and I feel a bit sorry for Roman because if they wanted to push him, it just diluted down. Roman's victory over Taker because oh right okay Taker's lost again it's like, pissed everybody off even yeah. more they were sick of him already then getting yeah. shoved down our throats so yeah just for me Brock, Brock didn't need the rub for me tell you what we'll do just because I know there'll be people who listen to this I know there's people who have listened to the previous shows who aren't massive huge wrestling fans so what we'll do is we'll explain what the streak was so the, the streak was um, 21 and 0 um was the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. So for 21 years at WrestleMania, he basically won every match. So um, Jimmy Snooker, Jake Roberts, Giant Gonzalez, <laughs> King Kong Bundy, Diesel, Psycho Seared, Kane, Big Boss Man, Triple H, Ric Flair, A-Train and the Big Show. That was just a horrible, horrible mess. That was uh, a tag match though, right? It was, yeah, with that Australian Nathan guy. Nathan Jones, yeah. Nathan Jones, yeah. Ugh. Um, Kane, Randy Orton, Mark Henry, Batidge, Shawn Michaels twice, Triple H twice, and then CM Punk. So we got to WrestleMania 30, um, which was 2014, 2014, um, and the match was against Brock Lesnar. Um, they'd sort of laid the the feud for this, didn't they? A UFC event. Remember this? Yep. Um, so he Velasquez. Okay, Velasquez. Yeah, he lost the title. Uh, UFC um, Undertaker, like, what was? What did he say? You want to do it? It's really you want to do it. That's it. It was really shit, weren't it? Just yeah. like, just yeah, and and that was it. That was basically the the, the start of it. So there was only a couple of people, um, a couple of people like within uh, within WWE that actually knew it was going to happen. I think it was obviously the two talents, so Brock and Taker, Vince, Paul Heyman, and the ref. They were the yeah. only people who knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew. Nobody knew it, and it was just, just such a. Just, Brock didn't need it. No. Um, WWE didn't have to do it. They should have left it well alone. That, that was like the Undertaker's. The Undertaker has a big legacy. Mm. We we had we obviously we touched on it the other week, didn't we? With with yeah. the um, with, with the champions, bloody bloody whatever. He didn't. He, nothing should have touched it. Nothing should have touched it. That should have been his big 
his big thing, his big sort of swan song from the business that he was never beaten at WrestleMania. Would have been an amazing thing. That streaks up there. I still class wrestling as a, as a sport. It sort of strayed from that. Wrestling is a sport for me. Um, and that's got to be up there, one of the biggest streaks in, in sport for me. Just just amazing. Every I, I wonder if they... they I know they didn't, they didn't like plan it to be a thing. But I wonder when they sort of got to the point where they were like, holy shit, take, like, you haven't lost at WrestleMania? Like, what number did they get to before they fought? Fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. shit. Was it, was it like, whatever, like, I don't know, 13 or 14? Like, oh my God, what's going on here? But yeah, they should never have done it. I can remember watching it. It was, it was I was in um walkabout in Birmingham uh, on Broad Street, and I've never heard a crowd react to anything to do, apart from somebody dying or whatever like I've never like any reaction to anything like that it's it was just gone from like obviously this party atmosphere with however many people are in this bar it was a busy really busy and it was just silent like proper like no one cheered no one was like ah like being a dickhead because they they were trying to be smart you know what I mean everyone was just like shit what the fuck just happened i was like was that meant to happen like yeah you could just people looking around like there's that famous guy isn't there in the crowd with just like that wide open face like the way, yeah, what the, the, the white yeah t-shirt just say yes yeah, yeah. and like every just everybody in the bar was like that when, when it happened it's just mad mad yeah again yeah i agree it shouldn't have happened i think the first time it became really recognized as a streak i think it was your favorite person when it was facing randy orton at 21 um, that's oh. when that's when it first started getting made a big deal, <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the first time WWE was starting making the streak a big deal. Was that particular feud? Um, and th- there we go. That's a segue like from last week as well. That was another great feud that Randy Orton had with Undertaker as well when Taker came back. From, remember the the casket going on fire? Sorry, but I digress. He hasn't um, had a great feud ever. So boring. Move on. Come on. <sighs> Okay, um, so yes, the Undertaker streak. Um, do you oh, think dear. that the Undertaker streak ending was the greatest shock in wrestling? Um, it's got to be one of. Um, you, you've got to talk about that in the same sort of conversation for me. It's like the screw job, like the Montreal yeah. screw job. Like it's it's up there in terms of like, holy shit, what the fuck's just happened? Like, yeah, it's it's got to be up there. I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything else yeah. like that. I think it's on par. It's probably... I, th- I think the genius of Paul Heyman after it as well. I don't know if you've seen the sort of oh, I... yeah. the audience with yeah. Paul Heyman when he was like, he, he then plants a seed. that was like did Brock go into business for himself, you know? And I just think that's the genius of Heyman. It's just a case of you know, people probably know that you know it. it it was a planned. It was. It was. A, it was a work, etc. But um, it's just that little seed of doubt saying, "Well, you know, Brock could have went into business for himself because he's just that. He's the beast Brock incarnate. Can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, just like YouTube, Paul Heyman, audience with Paul Heyman, um, Mike Streak ending, and it's just genius. Genius. And again, this is another podcast for the future. It's like one of the best ever on the mic just incredible 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's up there with a sort of Montreal screw job as well in terms of the most shock. I didn't see it coming. I genuinely, because it got to the stage where you're like, ah, takers in a match, let's see what cool bits he can do. Is he going to jump over mm-hmm. the top rope? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then go in, tombstone, one, two, three. But no, didn't happen. I mean, he got a really bad Just concussion look- in that match, right? He did like early on as well. Early doors, like, yeah. Mega, mega early. Yeah. So he wrestled a long time with. There was talk about like, did he not kick out? Was he meant to have kicked out because he had the concussion and stuff, wasn't there? So, yeah, it's it crazy. I just, I've just really quickly looked at the matches after, after what happened. So it, it wasn't rain straight after. It was Bray Wyatt, um, Shane McMahon at Hell in the Cell. It was Roman Reigns at thirty three, which he lost. Right, okay. The scene, the John Cena at thirty four, which was just stupid. Like there was like a fucking three minute squash, match, right? ridiculous. Yeah, and then obviously the Boneyard match, the uh, the pre tape one, AJ Styles, great match. So he was 20, 25 and two. He ended up at. Um, it's crazy. Callaway said losing the streak to Reigns would have made a lot more sense for the impact on their prospect on their respective careers. You can't really argue with that, can you? No. To be fair, exactly. Just but at least we got two of the best matches ever with those two matches against Shawn Michaels. Just, I think hey. you've got the two of the Shawn Michaels matches and then the follow-up with Triple H as well. I think, again, it's all about long-term storyline, right? And I think yeah. that was just the perfect and the ending of the Triple H one where, was that, was it, was that Hell in the Cell? It was Hell in the Cell. It was yeah, Hell in the Cell. Shawn Michaels as the special guest ref. That's right. And it was Shawn, Taker and Triple H at, at the end. Like, like holding just, each other up at the just, top of the. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. There was a tear in my eye when that happened. It was, <laughs> it, it could, because it, it legit, and it sounds so cliche, but it genuinely was like the end of an era. You know, it's like I still maintain that there's no one really in the WWE now from that point that makes you sort of feel that way. You know, it's like yeah. we're we're both grown ups, Oxy. I hate to say it, we are grown ups, but you know, Ugh, like if you if I'm you go it. back when we do like watch alongs and stuff, and you watch the old school wrestling and stuff, and it puts like a smile on your face. You know, that yeah. doesn't happen now. You know, again, anything ha- it makes me miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the only one that really puts a smile on my face was recently was probably again we hype on about it all the time. MGF, CM Punk, see that feud. Yep. That that was yeah. just like so old school. It was incredible. MGF, anything he does is just impeccable at the moment. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about MGF in the coming weeks and months because we're going to be here for a long time in Market with Ten Guys. That's that's the plan of action. We're here for a long time and a good time, guys. Don't you fucking worry about that. Damn right. Okay, so that is the Royal Fumble for the week. So we're going to head back to the list of the top 10 tag teams. I believe it's me, Hoxie, with my number five. And it's a team we've already <clears throat> talked about already on your list and that's Tully and Arn, um the brain busters you want to call when they're managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan like I say probably more recognised for being a part of um, I would probably say the greatest faction greatest stable in wrestling, the Four Horsemen um, I'm not going to go into the facts and figure, but I've got one interesting fact and I don't know if you know this, do you, do you know that Tully and Arn Never lost a single tag team match on pay per view in WWE, WWF, or NWA. So two v two, they never lost a single pay per view match. The only time they lost a match on pay per view was at a Survivor Series in nineteen eighty nine, and it was a tag team elimination match, and it was them, Demolition, the Bolsheviks, 
Los Conquistadors and the Fabulous Rougeaus. That's a great stat. There you go. I love that. I did not find that in my research, by the way. That's a there great stat. So, yeah. So just shows how strong they were, doesn't it? It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to be fair, like, like you say, the, and how many tag team titles was it? The one I, d- I didn't write that down, actually, in my notes. Uh, they were five times overall. So, two in JCP and three times WWF. You know, it's just for the talent that that tag team had, it, it just shows you you don't have to have the titles in order to be over. You know, and, and exactly. I think that's really key. And yeah, for me, it was a lot in terms of being on the list. Again, a, a lot of this is, if, if you ask me tomorrow, the list would probably be totally different in terms of positioning and potentially one or two people in and out, you know? So yeah, but Tully yeah. and Arn, different class, different gravy. And at one point had, again, arguably one of the best managers ever in Bobby the Brain Heenan. So 101A for me. Yep, 100%. 101A. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah. There you go. Can't really add much more apart from that interesting tidbit of information. So yes, my number five is Tully and Arn. So now over to you, my beautiful friend. My number five um, it, it's carrying on from the Dudleys and the Hardys. <laughs> uh, it's Ed, Edge and Christian. Um, you can't have a conversation with any of these in the, like any of these individual tag teams without bringing the other the others up. Um, and like I said, for me, all of this. This big chunk in the middle, I, I was going to put all these three as like one, but <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. do it because I'll get into trouble. Um, but they're all three of these had to make it on here, and I took some really like big names out me to get these on, but I had to get them on just, and I'll just reiterate really quickly what I said when I was talking about the Hardys, like for what they make me feel and for what they made me feel and for what they turned me into was just being a fan of... Of, of wrestling i started watching wrestling like in the sort of early to mid 90s but i didn't become like a massive fan of wrestling until this period like that 90 98 97 98 really took off for me yeah. and they were a big proponent of that um seven time tag champs um they were fucking over as hell like as a heel or as a babyface team yeah um memorable matches like memorable f- braces and stuff like all these really amazing tag teams like obviously with the Dudleys were like get the tables and what's up and like all that sort of stuff like for those of the benefit of flash photography like the what is five five seconds or three second pose or just whatever just just incredible stuff really good fun um you could tell they just loved it they just loved what they were doing obviously they they, they're to interviews they were both just huge fans they got into wrestling because they love it they're still going because they love it that's all they ever wanted to do and it came across they were just having fun with everybody and just the way they presented themselves like coming in as the brood was just obviously the way to get them involved but yeah. when they really sort of turned on as like that enc like you know the edge and christie and that team enc was just was just so so much fun um the reason they were the top of these three is because I love them now more than I love all of the other guys. And I probably a little bit then more than I loved all the other guys as well. Um, just look at what they did after as well. I know we're talking about tag teams, but they need, they started as a tag team. They went on to have multiple, multiple, the pair of them, multiple heavyweight championships, some incredible feuds, some incredible matches. Um, Edge's comeback. At Royal Rumble, if if we were filming this, I would just show you that the second it 
all of the hairs on my arms stand up on end. I can remember where I was. I can remember what I was doing. I can remember exactly every single thing about that moment when he came back. And I still watch it now, and it still makes me cry now. <laughs> Watching it back, I've seen it a hundred times. Um, just amazing. And yeah, for, for him to sort of get one last stab at, at stuff with after his injury, after both of their injuries, really. Um, and you've got to think as well, these guys, we talk about, just talked about Tully and Arn only being on top for, th- for three years. They were only together for three years, from 1998 to 2001, yeah. and they split up. So to do all of that stuff in that attitude era, period of time, that sort of 98 to 2001, whatever, 2002, so good, so good. Uh, talking about like matches to go and watch just the WrestleMania 17 TLC match. There isn't, there isn't much else that you can say. Just go and watch that match. I'm sure people who are going to be listening to this, who are the wrestling fans would have seen it. If you haven't seen it for a long time, just go back and watch it. If you haven't ever seen it, I'll give you my WWE network login to go and watch. Like, I don't care. Like, come around my house and we'll put it on. I don't give a shit. We'll probably watch it at some point in the future. Just that pay-per-view potentially. Just amazing match. It made the, the, the WrestleMania 16 match sort of put them, like, over to, like, another level. Yep. The WrestleMania 7 just immortalized them. Um, in the, the annals of time and in that wrestling world, you you can't have a conversation with with these three these last three talents without speaking of each other, and they all had to make it on my list because I just love them all. That's it. That number five, Edge and Christian. That's fair enough. I mean, I, I can't really argue with that. I, I mean, it pains me to say it, but Edge and Christian didn't make it on the list, and the reason why is I think I think it's going back to when I was watching WWF WWE at the time WWE and. They piss me off so much as a heel. I think it's still like in that you know <laughs> it's, it's, real case, me, it's still it. real to me. Damn it! But <laughs> I, I, I love I love edging Christian the stuff like you say the the pose the for the benefit of those with flash photography genius. Like I agree with you that tables, ladders, and chairs match. I don't think you'll beat it in WrestleMania. Concerto. The concerto, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is why every TLC match since, other than probably. Um, Becky, Charlotte, and was it Bailey as well? They did a TLC yeah. match that was impeccable as yeah. well. But no other TLC match really is as matched. I don't think they ever will because it was just so well done. And um, yeah, for me, they they don't make my list, but they were under consideration. And and there's reasons why like people are on the list that you'll see in in due course. Um, I love Edge and Christian as like solo competitors. Edge. His career speaks for himself, and I think Christian is possibly one of the most underrated workers yes. ever. And the fact that he didn't get the opportunity in WWE is absolutely shocking. What do you know? Of- do you know why? Do you know why uh, Vince sort of? Do you know why he didn't get the run? No. Do you know? <laughs> so Vince didn't like Christian's face. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm gonna. This is this is a, a legit, a one hundred percent legit, uh, creative idea that Vince McMahon had for Christian before he got rid of him. Okay, he wanted to put every time Christian was on the camera, he wanted to CGI a blue dot 
over his head, over his face, so nobody could see his face. That's what Vince McMahon wanted to do to Christian Cage. <laughs> it's Christian. And they wonder why Vince has been pushed out. <laughs> Oh, that's mental. Like Christians working, <laughs> tea, I'm, I'm, I just go to fuck, just fucking hell. Not many things makes me speechless, but that's just that's, that's uh, insane. Um, yeah, Christian underrated without a shadow. Right, he's working. TNA was amazing, um, and then obviously best thing Randy he, Orton ever did. The, the best thing that I've ever seen Randy Orton do was have that feud of Christian. Yep, for the w, for the World Heavyweight Championship, like. Who did Christian? Was. Who did Christian interrupt when he returned to the WWE after TNA? Um, it was on the ECW brand, wasn't it? It was, was. on the ECW brand. It was. Is it? Oh, oh, I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Matt Hardy, Jack Swagger, Jack Swagger, bollocks! What? And, and then I'll I'll always remember it was Matt Striker goes. This moment has became instantly classic. <laughs> so yes, oh. yeah. Sorry. Edit that out and we'll go again. Was it Jack Swagger? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Christian's unbelievable. So unfortunately, they're not a malice, but I totally agree with you. I think they're on the conversation for any tag team. And yeah, we'll wait and see what happens on Malice. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, guys. So edging Christian, Hoxie's number five. Hoxie, you're number four. My number four are the Roll Express. Robert Gibson. Ricky Morton, one of the greatest tag teams to ever set foot on the planet. Um, they're still going now, yep. pretty much. Um, I know Ricky Morton would probably have a match with anybody now, um, and they're still probably better than ninety-five percent of the tag teams out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look, when you look at, when you when you think in wrestling, and you look at wrestlers, or you look at teams, you whatever. And you look at what over is, okay? You will never be as over the Rock and Roll Express were in that 80s period. Um, Wherever they went, whatever they were doing, um, I I dread to think the amount of ladies in which these guys had beautiful evenings with, strolling down the promenade, um, just unbelievably good tag team um that the the, the look with all, all like the tassel and the tassely gimmicks and the mm-hmm. bits hanging off and the bandanas and all that sort of stuff getting mobbed on the way to the ring by everybody they couldn't go anywhere they, they couldn't go anywhere without just everybody wanting to just touch them like it's just it was incredible and you mentioned earlier on about like some of the feuds in which in which yep. these guys had. They just they they feuded with with everybody, being anybody. Like you, you look at sort of back in the day, um, in that um, Memphis territory, they had guy like obviously like feuds with with Randy and Lanny Poffos, like Randy Savage. Um, obviously the Mid South with the Midnights. We'll we'll talk about that really soon as well. <laughs> Um, unbelievable, unbelievable feuds like Koloff and Khrushchev. Yep. You got the obviously they're coming in, see, winning the titles and just having these unbelievable runs, matches with um, oh my god, it was Anderson's. It was uh, a match with Arnand 
Oh my god, what's the old Anderson? Oh, old Anderson, Ollie Anderson. Ollie Anderson, yeah. Um, just amazing, amazing stuff. And they came back 2021, 2022. They had a match with FTR. Yep. Uh, on a like a, an independent show, quote unquote, independent show. Just oh. And they can still go. They can still go. He did, he did the Canadian Destroyer. He's like, <laughs> he did the Canadian. Yes, he did the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to interrupt as well. It's like man number four is also the Rock and Roll Express, by the way. Just, just so you know. Okay. So, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Hundred percent. It's just crazy, right? I mean, sorry. Yeah. Just keep going. So they they debuted in 1983, and they're still going now. Forty years in wrestling, they'll still be as over like anywhere, and they will. Yeah, well, where it, it, in in the uh, it's just obviously the stuff they've done in Smoky Mountain, obviously with with Jim Cornette's um, with like the Heavenly Bodies and that, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I've sort of made quick notes of of stuff, not whens and years or whatever, but just the, the feuds, like notable feuds, and they've just been around forever, and they've just they were a massive impact. When I when I got into wrestling, um, wrestler, fucking hell, thirteen years ago, <laughs> whenever it was, um. One of the one of the things that I sort of went down the rabbit hole on on the Rock and Roll Express is that obviously they, they go down to some of the, the greatest workers ever and one of the best tag teams ever. Some of the stuff that they did back then, like the double drop kick and stuff, was just massive. They would just they'd hit a drop kick and the 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 camera would shake and the the mics would fucking like boom out. You know, it's just unreal stuff, unreal stuff. Uh, one of the best hot tag. Um, things that I've ever seen as well is is Ricky Morton run over to the heels corner and hip toss <laughs> Robert Gibson across to his corner, jump back out, tag him, and then come in for the hot tag. So it's just so amazing, good. just amazing stuff. Yeah, I love love them. Uh, one of the best, um, like all around. I mean, those sort of just constant face tag teams throughout throughout the, 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 their career, and yeah, just loved them, loved them. Brilliant. Jerry Lawler, Lawler at Thorndon, right, in 83? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Down so in Memphis. He, yeah. he, like, got their look and stuff. It, it, yeah, so big shout out to Jerry Lawler. Um, but yeah, so like like you say, the, the hot tag, Morton's probably, but Ricky Morton's probably the greatest seller of all time, you know, in terms yes. of selling. You, you know, yeah, we talk that, about Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's really good, you know, in terms of, but I think that's who he models on in terms of the selling ability of... Uh, uh, Ricky Morton just it's it just so good yeah it's just it so good feel. so so good and yeah like I say they're man number four as well so I, I, I just thought it was just different class uh, they, they weren't just they, they, they were treated like rock stars absolute superstars and it's not just a tag team it was just they transcended the the entire industry is like like no one single tag teams could touch them in terms of the reactions they got. Like you say, what's the the old adage? It's like ladies wanted to be with them, men wanted to be them. It's like they were just legends of the business. Like you say, they they still they're still doing the sort of circuit. I don't think they are anymore. I think they've probably came to the end of. I think, they, I think like Roberts that. stopped. I think I know Ricky still does the odd bit. If if they're going to take a bump, it'll be Ricky that'll take. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those sort of things, so yeah. Rock and Roll Express, gotta love them. And love like it. I say, matches with my earlier one. That, that's why I had them. If you you had the greatest heel tag team with the Midnight, and then you've got the greatest babyface. And like I say, it was 
possibly the greatest tag team feud ever. And, you know, it's it was just so good. If you haven't seen any of the matches at all, then please, please look look them out. It's... There will be stuff on the network from, yeah, yeah. That, from, from, the, from those guys doing what they were doing, running, running around the running around the territories and stuff. So, yeah, definitely search some stuff out. Cool. Right, so that's number four for Hoxie and also me. So um, it's going on to my number three, I believe. Yep. And yep. my number three are those damn Dudleys. Um, <laughs> you know, whether they were heels or whether they were baby faces, I just loved them. They're just, I think they helped redefine tag team wrestling in terms of, as I said, there was... Tag team wrestling was shot on for a long, long time. And, you know, especially in, in the bigger promotions. And I think the Dudleys throughout their tenure in every company that you can think of, they just, it just made you believe in sort of tag team wrestling again. You know, they were just so, so good. And like you said, I'm not going to go through all their their, their titles. You've, you've done that already. I mean, the use of the tables as well, if we're talking about Attitude Era, just, it was so good for the time, you know. Powerbombing women through and um, the tables, you know, May May Young, you know, it's like just she, she was what, what was it? It's like May Young. It was famous. Dudley uh, Bobbery actually came out and said that like May Young pulled him aside and he goes, actually fucking hit me or like treat me like one of the boys yeah, or something like that. It's like yeah, powerbombing. She she said if 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 you don't if you don't put me through the table properly, I'll come back through the curtain and beat the shit out of you. Basically, she like the long and long and short of it. Like, do not don't fucking hold back. Don't, yeah, you don't fuck about because I'll I'll beat fuck out of you basically. And at God. that time, you know, it was like built different, mate. Built different, built different, <laughs> different indeed. You know, it was, it was that thing—the power bombing of women through the table. You had me young. You had like Stacey Keebler's, the Tory Wilsons, etc. It's like it wasn't thought of at that time. It was unheard of, and and it sounds ridiculous, but it got them over even more. You know, it's like yeah. it's like yeah. the fuck yeah. <laughs> you couldn't do that. It's now. not like. It wasn't, yeah, you definitely couldn't do that now, but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't, you were, they were doing it for the sake of doing it. No, it wasn't, there was oh, a well, reason. This is a good idea. It's like, like no, we're going to put this bit through a table. It's like, oh, oh, did they just do that? Holy shit, fuck, what the fuck? And it's like, GR, every time he does it, it's like bubbery, like just stared into space, just after In space. he's done it. It's like, that orgasmic stare from bubbery. <laughs> it's like, it's just, yeah, I think... When you think of the Dudleys, it's it's they've just they've got to be in a list of any tag team. I, I totally agree with you in terms of like Matt and Jeff and Edge and Christian, they've got to be in together, but I just think they did it across many different companies. Matt and Jeff and Edge and Christian you know Not so much. Not so much. And that's the reason that's the primary reason why Edge and Christian especially aren't on my list and obviously it's like I was going back in time and fucking hated them. So, you know, it's but yeah, Dudley's for me, top top tag team, and they should be in anybody's list. Again, as I think you said it as well, it's Mount Rushmore type thing in terms of tag team as well. I think it's you know it's, it's, they're in the discussion as well. I love the justification, John. Love the justification. Love it. Love it. Merchandise Look at the numbers, soon. Mason. Look <laughs> at the numbers. Twenty three. Twenty three times tag champs in all of those fucking. Oh, it's just crazy, right? Fucking hell. And their solo I, I, runs were... Well, I mean, Bubba Ray's was good. Um, Billy Ray's a, a great solo character. Um, but yeah, their the tight teamwork is just impeccable. I haven't seen much of their New Japan stuff, but I'd like I'd like to go and watch some of their New Japan matches because I'm just trying to think about who would have been around 
in that sort of period mm. when they were actually there. Um, I'd love to watch some of their matches over there because they would have, they would have had to be like some big, like you know what I mean, like big beefy gaijin boys you know, having to come in and beat the fuck out of everybody, wouldn't they? So like. It would be good fun to see who they actually wrestled over there. I think what we've got planned as well, again, a peek behind the curtain for all our listeners here. So we're doing obviously Mm -hmm. top 10 lists, etc. But me and Hawks have been talking as well, and we're potentially going to be doing deep dives into individual wrestlers. So for example, the Dudleys, we could be looking at top 10 moments of the Dudleys career. So that's something we could potentially do in the future as well. Um, So just, just... Again, that's stuff that we're considering in the future. If that's something you're interested in hearing, again, let us know uh, via email, on Twitter, etc. So, sorry, Toxie, yeah, I'm just peeking back. No, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of, uh, there's, there's lots of ways in which we can go down the, the, the top ten things. So, um, there's, there's lots in the pipeline. There's lots mm-hmm. in the pipeline. I'm excited. excited. Yeah, very excited. Be good fun. Cool, Pretty that's my number three. So over to you for your number three now, I believe. So my number three um, just absolutely just joins perfectly with on with from my number four um, is the Midnight Express. Uh, Bobby and Dennis Conner, Sweet Stan Lane, whichever way you want to look at it. I know you've we've had this yep. you, you've had this before. Um, Jim Cornette is the difference maker for me. Bobby and is easily, easily one of the greatest wrestlers to ever put on a pair of boots. He was unbelievable. Nobody realizes how good, I'd say nobody, he slept on. He's really underrated as as a worker. Um, When you watch what he used to do and how he used to do it, the knee drop from the top, just... He, you could kill a motherfucker easily doing that, and he, he wouldn't even touch them. It would be just like getting a brush across your head. You know, just unreal worker. Um, they've left a lasting effect on the business. Um, we talk about you. You mentioned you're on the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express feud, one of the best tag team feuds in history. Yep. It, not with those guys, like oh, they are the best tag team feud with each other. Like genuinely, one of the best tag team feuds ever. The amount of money that those guys made with those feuds, the amount of bums they put in seats, the amount of houses they sold out, the amount of people that they got invested in that feud was unfathomable. Um, in, oh, just so good. Best heel tag team ever, in my mm-hmm. opinion, Midnight Express. And the m- majority of it was because of Jim Cornette on the mic. His... his uh, his promote his promo work in the studio with with JCP on their on their weekly shows or whatever, and they just give him a mic in a in a in, a, in a, an arena or whatever. Um, the amount of times people try to kill him, stab him, beat him, jump the rail, <laughs> try to beat him up. Like he he had the tennis racket for two reasons: one, to look like a prick, and two, to defend himself for people who were trying to kill him. Yeah. That's how much heat he had. It's not like, oh, boo you, laughing, like, oh, look, we would like to boo him like they do now. It's like, I want to stab you. I want to kill you. <laughs> like, kill you. Yeah. like, police escorts to the ring, police escorts away. Like, he would position himself, like, um, to, towards the exit of the arena when the match finished so we could just get the belts and run. <laughs> that, that's how much thought process they had to, like, put into this stuff. Um, just an amazing, amazing 
tag team, amazing workers, unbelievable tag team. Uh, you touched on it earlier on, like the, the scaffold match with the Road Warriors at 86. Mm-hmm. Um, historic moment in, in Jim Crockett promotion history, historic moment in wrestling. Best tag team, heel tag team ever. Yeah. I don't think it's close. Um, and like I said, that, that run and some of the other guys in which they, they had that um, at the feud with just... Oh, just so so good, so good. Um, yeah, I can't I can't put them over enough as workers and as what they did with, with like for the business as well. Yeah, just amazing, amazing. So good. Got to be top three. Got to be top three. Easy. I, again, mines was. I probably could have, but I know a fine well I could have had mine up further than the list. It's just. As yeah. we say all the time, you know, it's a case of you could ask us tomorrow and the list would look completely different. And I'm sure you guys listening at home would also have that as well. I mean, my list looked a lot different three hours ago. Never mind <laughs> tomorrow or yesterday or whatever. <laughs> it's just an unbelievable oh. di- uh, difference. So, yeah. So um, it's like it's, this is, like I said, to, uh, you're on at the start of the episode. This is, it's been so tough for me because I do love like tag team wrestling and. I love the history of wrestling, and there was there's guys on here that I probably I should have maybe done in a different different way, like a different order. But there's guys on here that I think, oh my god, should they have put them on there? But no, yeah. I'm happy. I'm okay. I'm happy, John. I'm I'm, I'm content with my list. I love it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe for now. <laughs> right. So Hoxie's number three is the Midnight Express. Makes absolute sense to me. So Hoxie, we're getting to the business end now. You're number two. My number two is the road warriors holy uh, shit holy oh, shit what a rush um animal and hawk legion of doom whichever way you want to fucking take it just they coined the they the road warrior pop has came from these guys like the the meaning to be actually over and to get a reaction as big as what you do get in wrestling it even it's used today 20 30 years down the line um their look the 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 shoulder pads and the face paint two jacked up dudes just absolutely like monster shouting at the microphone at the top of their voice tell them how just like unbelievable promos a lot of the time make would sense the they, they looked <laughs> they they looked good when they were doing it you know what I mean like they were just unbelievable like take, taking that that look from like the Mad Max thing and just making themselves just this next level crazy tag team like uh, beast mode just absolute beast mode um they, they transcended wrestling they sort of went to like a like later on in their career like when the wwf sort of got hold of them in that early 90s period they sort of transcended wrestling they went into yeah. like this this other dimension of like um notoriety within within the world just their their look that is it Wembley when they come down on the bikes, like yep. on the Harleys before yeah. they get, it takes them ten minutes to get changed to get their to get their entrance gear off, like and back in the days, so I'm told it's very hard to find out about like about it now, but they used to use um uh war pigs, was it war pigs or Iron Man or whatever uh, as an entrance theme? Yep. Um and that's where the the Road Warrior pop came from, like that that black tune just just the arena and then and that was it just yeah just so good so good like multi-time obviously tag champs wherever they went they had a really long the stuff they did in japan as like those because 
there were some big old boys in Japan in, in the in the sort of mid nineties as well, and a lot of the stuff that they used to do when they go over there in the mid eighties as well, like all Japan. They were some big boys, like yeah. Tenru and Jumbo Saruta and that having these having these tag matches with them and over there, it was still a shoot to them. They yeah. they didn't want to lose. The Japanese guys did not want to lose to any of the Gaijins. Fuck that. No. So to go over there and do what they did and have and have those matches probably took 10 years off their careers or their lives doing that sort of stuff. But they went over there and they just, they made a load of money, made a big name for themselves and came back bigger and better and meaner. And I just, yeah, just so good. So good. Um, you look like later on as well, they came back Yep. and obviously had the, the feud with um, the New Age Outlaws. They did, uh, that yep. match. And Great match. Just, Great match, yeah, for, for the time as well, yeah. and and sort of like the time in their career, yeah. That I can, I, I said earlier on about the Steiners that like these first memories of watching wrestling, um, the, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, lead, the, obviously mm-hmm. Legion of Doom in, in the WWF, um, coming out with all of their stuff on, just looking like that. I was like, who? I didn't say obviously this when I was a little kid, but. I was, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's probably what I would have said, yeah, like yeah. in that voice as well. So just amazing. They, they, like I said, they're never to go down as like some of the, whatever. Like I don't give a shit. It's not that kind of, not that kind of team. And that Doomsday Device finish, <sighs> Jesus, like it. It's not far from the truth, really, in the name. Yeah. Um. Just amazing team and. Just for what they mean to me and what what I feel about about tag team wrestling, and when we had this discussion about oh we'll do the, the like the top ten greatest tag teams, they were the first like thing to pop into my brain. So I was like, like they that's what I went to straight away. So they've got to be there. And the more and more I looked at the list, and the more and more I looked at these people, the more and more I was like, well they're going to go there. Okay, no, they're not better than them. They're not better than them. They're not better than them for me. And they stuck at number two all the way through pretty much. So, wow. yeah, for me, Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, just because of like what they mean to me and sort of the time in which I found them, really. They've stuck with me forever. And they are one of the most badass teams anyway. Yep. AWA, NWA, WCW, WWF, like all Japan, back in New Japan, whatever. Just badass. 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 Great points from Hoxie. I- I'm going to be honest with you. I'm shocked that it's not your number one. So I've genuinely got no fucking clue what your number one is. So I'm really, really intrigued here. Um, so that's yeah. really, really cool. Um, okay, my number two is. Tell him she- <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. Um, my number two is a team that's already been mentioned. And remember, this is for me. It's FTR or the Re- revival. Yeah. Quite. I'm gonna be annoyed with myself. They didn't come higher. Sorry, mate. I'm gonna no, be annoyed no. with myself. I didn't put them higher. Go on. Uh, Go on. For me, the best tag team in wrestling today, and it's not even a conversation. Not even. Not even yeah. yeah. It is a throwback to all the legendary teams that we've spoke about in this list so far um proper tag team psychology you know in terms of observing the rules of tag team wrestling you know holding the rope holding the tag rope uh, when they're getting tags you know it's just 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 simple simple beautiful stuff in terms of tag team wrestling and you know for, for those that aren't a fan of wrestling hearing me say like beautiful tag team wrestling You've just got to appreciate, and again, to sound like Kenny Omega, you've got to appreciate the art of it. 
and it's just different gravy, man. It's it's just so so good. <laughs> the matches with um, the Briscoes was the first one that came into my head. You know, it's just and what's really sad is that for as good as FTR is, you know, you're only as good as your dance partner. I'm, I'm sure that's a phrase that's used in wrestling a lot. And it's going to be really sad the fact we're never going to see the Briscoes and FTR fight again just because it's it's so it's so good it's so believable it's so visceral it's so feral it's just and and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just so so good um then if you go back to when they first appeared in like wwe and nxt the american alpha i've never never sort of marked out in terms of tag team wrestling like that. that's probably the first time in a long time that I've been like holy shit this is so good and you know Chad Gable yeah. and he's he's insane just now and, and that's a different story a different podcast as well talking about Chad Gable and how he should be like not main event but certainly mid card mid upper card like intercontinental champion type Chad Gable just different class but FTR for me is just so good in terms of Titan wrestling. As I said during your sort of spot with them, I think they're being wasted in AEW. Um, they should be a focal point in any tag team division um, in the modern day wrestling. And again, I think I've used this before. I used it with Brock Lesnar in episode one. You could lift them up and put them in any era and they'd be absolute superstars. Just They've got the look, they've got the hard-hitting style, they can wrestle and, and like you say like individually they're they're immense now granted there's one or two personal issues you know um guns etc shall we say um but you know if, if you just focus on the wrestling side of it then i just don't think you can go much further past the ftr at the moment so yeah they're my number two yeah sorry i, I became very, very passionate there no. so like, no 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 that's what we want that's what yeah, we want so there's um, there I, I'm annoyed with myself that I didn't put them any higher on my list. <clears throat> but if if this was ten years down the line, they would be probably where you're talking about them now. Yeah. To be honest, yep. they're going to be up there easy. The other guys, they're me on this list. I've sort of they've got the nostalgia probably thing for me rather than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like net, like there's there's huge tag teams that I took off my list. Yeah, just to get them on. If you know what I mean, who who in any normal run of the mill would have, would have made it on here anyway. So um, yeah, I just, I love them. So I love them. They're phenomenal. I need to go back and watch the American Alpha match. Actually. I haven't seen it probably since then, or maybe not long after that. It's probably not even one though, it. is it? Is it not like three? There's like three yeah, matches that are just, it's like a rubber match as well. It's just, it's yeah, so, it's so the good. last, the last one is, is the, is the biggie. It's before American Alpha off to the, to the main roster, I think. I'm going to be think. honest with you. See if Jason Jordan didn't get injured. I reckon mm -hmm. that American Alpha in years and years and years in the future would have been on this sort of list because, again, yes. technical yes, in yes, terms yes, of Chad yes, Gable, yes. Jason Jordan was the powerhouse, but he was so quick. Again, to quote JR, quicker than a hiccup. But, yeah, yeah unfortunately, injuries to Jason Jordan. Um, you know, Kurt Angle's son, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
uh, you know, it's just unreal. But Hoxie mentioned, you know, we've had we've had major lists and we've had to remove people. But what we have on Mark Out of 10 every time we do a top 10 list is we have an honourable mention. So someone that should be on a list, but we couldn't find a way of fitting them in. So this is just a cheap way of us getting to put in one extra person into a top 10 list. <laughs> um, and we can only have one of them. Okay, so... Can I not put nine on mine? Can no, I put unfortunately nine on See, I've got to be strict with you, Hoxie, because to be honest, I could have put two in here at the same time, just from what we've said in the past. But my honourable mention are the Hardy Boys. Um, they gave us the high flying. Again, I'm not going to go through everything I've got on my list here, but because yeah. you've, you've basically said it already, but they gave us the high flying, almost dangerous. You could say that we're now accustomed to, so I would say they're probably the the precursor to some of the dangerous shit that we see nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know they are the masters of the ladder match. Sorry, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. It's, it, it, when you think of ladders, I automatically think of the Hardy Boys. It's just they were one third, thirty three percent of the major reboom of tag team wrestling, and that's from obviously um, WrestleMania seventeen, the TLC matches, etc. Dudley's Edge and Christian. They were just cool. Like you say, Jeff Hardy got the women screaming. Matt Hardy had a great mind for the business. Like you say, he was the first internet person, the internet that brought got brought back to wrestling. Um, and then, you know, they had the additional bonus of like Lita as well. You know, they, they made Team Extreme. It was genius. Lita was a star as well. Um, obviously, they, in later life, they both had their issues, their well-documented issues. But for me, they're, they're well-deserving of a mention in any like tag team list as well. And like I say, this could have been with Edge and Christian as well, but I, I was fearful of getting um, chokeslammed by Hoxie if I had two in my honourable mentions. So I was just went with the hard boys. Just, pi just pipping Edge and Christian to the honourable mention spot. Um, my my honourable mention, and this is going to be the this is going to be my shake moment, uh, John Shields. This is going right. to be the shake moment. Um, on of this conversation that we're having now would be happening if it wasn't for these guys. So my honourable mention is to the Fabulous Kangaroos. Okay? So the Fabulous Kangaroos were the team of Apollo, the original man of a thousand holds, Australian wrestler, um, with another fellow Australian wrestler called Roy Heffernan, who started wrestling in the mid-50s as the Fabulous Kangaroos, and they were the first ever true, real tag team in history. They were the first people to bring tag team wrestling to people and to the, the, the paying public and introduced it into wrestling, basically, um, throughout the 50s and the 60s. They they would have matches before that where there'd be like maybe two guys would do whatever, but there was it was like different rules, if you know what I mean. So they, they basically popularized what tag team wrestling is today throughout that 50s and 60s period. Um, Al Costello will go down probably as the greatest Australian wrestler of all time as well for what he did uh, for, the, for the business and for the industry. Uh, but these fabulous kangaroos, when you look back at what they did, the history of the business and what they brought and wh where they started, basically, um, they started tag team wrestling um, as an official tag team. Um, the history of the, the fabulous, it's one of the worst names ever. <laughs> they went all in with the Australian thing. I think they even used once, once the Matilda as the fucking tenth <laughs> music, which is just ridiculous. Um, like boomerangs and the and the whole the whole nine yards, but they 
yeah, like I said, they, they there would not be tag team wrestling as we know it if it wasn't for these guys back in the 50s who kicked it all off. Um, so for that, they have to be my honourable mention. Um, I like to know where this all come from. Like I said, I am, say it again, I am, a, I am a wrestler. I've been doing it for a very long time. I have a lot of respect for the business and I like to know where stuff came from. And when you sort of stumble across the, the fabulous kangaroos, there's a real a real big story. Um I think Al Snow has got a a um a bit of a penchant for being the new stuff because he started a tag team in the early nineties. Um right, called the, the new player, right? The, the, the new fabulous kangaroos. <laughs> so and he's, he's, he was the new fucking rockers, he was the newest rockers, and he was the new fabulous kangaroos. So Arsenal's got a lot to answer for, bless him. But yeah, like I said, the, the, the Fabius Kangaroos have got to be my honourable mention just because we wouldn't be here today probably talking about it if it wasn't for those guys. They brought it to the fold. So yeah, here you go. History. You could have offered me a hundred <laughs> guesses for one million pounds and I would never have came up with the Fabulous Kangaroos. That is... There you go impeccable now this is why we this is why i love doing mark out of 10 this is why i love talking about wrestling with hoxie now i am a fan i've never taken a bump in my life um but hoxie is a wrestler he's he's very much a, a student of the game he, he, he likes his wrestling history and i think this is why we can have real life conversations about wrestling it's like i can do it from the mark or the, the wrestling fans perspective but he's, <laughs> he's a guy that's he's he, yeah his knowledge of wrestling is impeccable so i i Fair play to you. Fabulous kangaroos. Never saw it coming. There we go. Um, GG. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. I, genuinely, that, that, that's <laughs> definitely the swerve of Market of Ten so far. That's fucking Bro. incredible. Love it. Bro. Bro. Okay, so that is us down to number two, and we've done our honourable mention. So what we do now is we'll run through our top ten. I'll, I'll go first, Hoxie, if you don't mind. My number yep. ten were the Freebirds. Um, number nine was the New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know. Number eight were the Rockers. Number seven were the Heart Foundation. Six were the Midnight Express. Five were Tully and Arn. Number four were the Rock and Roll Express. Number three were those damn Dudleys. And number two were FTR or The Revival. And my honourable mention going to the Hardy Boys. Over to you, Mr. Hawks. Uh, number 10, FTR. Number nine, Steiner Brothers. In at number eight, William Arn, Brainbusters, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Number seven, those damn Dudleys. Number six, the Hardy Boys. Number five, four, Rock and Roll Express. Three, Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Two, the Road Warriors. And my honourable mention, as just discussed, the fabulous kangaroos, mate. Perfect. Right, okay, I'm going to jump in and go to my number one because it's a team you've already mentioned. I'm intrigued to hear what your number one is. And my number one are the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. What a rush, indeed. (laughs) What Um, a rush. So... Again, I'll just run through my sort of points very, very quickly. Um, So Road Warriors first introduced in Georgia Championship Wrestling, 1980s, and they started out with Precious Paul Ellering. Um, Now, interestingly, Legion of Doom were actually a heel stable led by Ellering. Um, You you, you know this, I would imagine. So basically, Hawk and Animal were actually part of that, and they were alongside Jake the Snake and Matt Bourne, who was the original Doink the Clown. 
Um, so that's a, a little side note. So Legion of Doom were in existence prior to them going to WWF. Um, basically, when they won their first tag team title, the NWA tag team title, it was through their debut year in 1983. So it was halfway through their debut year, which I think a lot of people forget about. They were they were rookies. They were they were green, but they are they just had that gimmick, right? It was it was just. Part in all, all they needed to do was just throw clotheslines and power slams and do American football tackles. Like they weren't going to have twenty-five minute matches. They were going to have five-minute fights, basically. And that's that's what sometimes that's all you need, right? That's it. Yep. Do you know why they weren't called the Road Warriors in WWF? Um, probably because of something to do with. Like licensing and sort of intellectual property and that sort of thing. No, you're probably going to tell me wrong. Yeah, there, there was just there was too many characters with the name Warrior in there. Oh, so, of course, of yeah. Course. So that that's yeah. the, that's the only reason they weren't known as the Road Warriors in WWF. That's why they they got the Legion of Doom because obviously Paul El- Paul El- Ellering was there anyway. So, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so. I've had a few nice little tidbit of information today. I'm, I'm quite yes, impressed with my research. Yeah, like go. it. Very good. Very um, good. So yeah, they basically their gimmick was just incredible. Hard hitting. They just never looked back. They were the absolute dominant team. And like you said, the Road Warrior Pop still referenced today. I just really gutted. I was never in a crowd to experience the Road Warrior Pop. I just think it would have been <laughs> so good. Again, and it falls back to what I said at the very beginning. Um, you know, there's this, there's the longevity of the Road Warriors or Legion of Doom name. They've tried to revisit it numerous times. I mean, I mean, obviously after Hawk passed away, um, and you know, it, it just L-O-D. didn't work. Lod, you know, and all that. Remember Heidenreich? Bros and Heidenreich, yeah. Bros, Yeah, draws exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it never reached the same heights, and it never ever would. But for me, Legion of Doom, Road Warriors the best tag team hands down and when when the, like similar to you you had them on your list straight away they were my number one from the get-go they never moved from a number one position they were always amazing um <laughs> just incredible and like I say I, I only wish I was around like and and had the ability had the option to go to one of their matches live I just think yeah. you know the sort of goosebump moment it's stuff that we always appreciate in wrestling. You know, you talked about Edge Return Royal Rumble. I think a Road Warrior. Oh, just be I mean, even that, just yeah. us two yeah. doing it really, really badly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like just so good. Yeah. So yeah, my yeah. number one are the Road Warriors. Amazing. I can't. You know what I mean? Like number two for me, number one for you. It's there or thereabouts, yeah, isn't exactly. it? So, um, I love like. I, know, I prefer the Road Warriors, but like that LOD, LOD, oh, just like 15, 20,000 people chanting that all at the same time. Just, it just gives me goosebumps, man. The so thing good. Is, There's so many matches it. I'm going to need to go and watch after talking yeah. about this. Just have a look at this list. It's just so good. The thing is, it. is when, when you, you get ch- changes in names like that, like for example, Arn and Tully, right, going to the Brain Busters, it doesn't have that same sort of impact. They were still amazing, but you know, mm-hmm. the Legion of Doom just. It, it sounds. It's still like it they will beast like, mode, bite your it? face off. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's just so good. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's the reason why. Right. Okay. I'm intrigued now. I I thought it was a lock that Road Warriors would have been your number one. So number I'm one. I'm really really 
interested to see what your number one. So, Hoxie, for Mark Out of 10, episode three, top 10 tag teams in wrestling. Your number one is. Are you ready? It's DX. Oh, okay. Uh, so, we. Obviously, I've spoken a lot, a lot about about my nineteen. That's on this fucking list. Like, not knock them off number one. The whole way through this, I couldn't do it. Um, wow. That, that I know. So people say, well, DX were a stable, or they were a whatever. No, they started as mm-hmm. a tag, tag team, team. Yep. with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. With obviously China was was managing, but they Rip didn't it. become that stable. Until later on, they didn't. They didn't have that stable with X Pac and New Age Outlaws and stuff till later on. So the the original nineteen ninety seven, and it, do you know when they debuted? This is going to blow your mind. Ooh. And I remember this. This to freak you out. Um, I remember this. It was my tenth birthday. Fuck. August the eleventh, nineteen ninety seven. That was it. Was when they debuted. I can remember it remember it which is weird bad bad but it was my birthday um so they embodied and they were real the real list almost for that attitude era yeah. they were the perfect um like foil mm-hmm. to to the heart foundation at the time yep um and they really really pushed on for that attitude, we know all the mad stuff that they said, all those crates, all those mad promos, all those really inappropriate stuff, like getting their asses out, and like you know what I mean. Sean just being absolutely mad off his tits on whatever, allegedly. Hmm. Um, just like the most, they were the per. It was the perfect timing. It was the perfect characters for that time. They were the perfect foil for the Heart Foundation. So many memorable moments. The entrance music, the attitude that they brought, the presentation that they had, like the green and black X with all the, the merch, the T-shirts, they sort of changed the the um, the root of the wrestling business. They changed and the suck it thing, the whole like cross chop thing. Just you talk about things that were happening in school that everybody knew, yep. like everybody knew what people still do the crotch chop now. Yeah, and like that was in wrestling. From that. In, in wrestling, re- yeah. in wrestling like, people do it in like in in life. Like you, you see, my people doing it like just IRL. Like I'm doing it now. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just mad stuff. Like they weren't like they weren't running what like all these t- championships and titles and this that and the other. But they they had that um, they had that drawing power. Obviously, Triple H and Sean were the. I mean, Triple H not so much, but he obviously was. Was, and this was one of the main reasons why he got there is on the route to being one of the biggest, the two of the biggest names in in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the DX thing, obviously, that we look at the Stone Cold passing of the torch with that championship with Michaels. The DX was the the with Mike Tyson and all these just mad stuff. Obviously, they were at the center of the screw job, which changed the business forever. Which literally probably saved WWE or or at least. And to, to, to save the rest in industry, really, for that period of time, um, obviously Michaels went off and done what he needed to do with with his issues and stuff, and they kept it sort of going with that stable. But they always came back and sort of had that 
that that moment where they had the, the, the DX, like the Shawn Michaels and Triple H tag runs later on, like WrestleMania. Um, there was the where they were together. They had that triple threat with Cena, didn't they? Yeah. And they there was they were DX in the match, and then Shawn Michaels done the super kick on Triple H. Like yep. that's a that's a, that always. I love that spot. I love that storytelling sort of spot. Just it, you could you could take them anywhere. You could roll them out now. You could have Shawn Michaels and Triple H go out there with the fucking glow sticks and throw them in the crowd and the, the green and black and just they are for me like at that time that period of time just just memorable tactics for me and just making me love wrestling and like I said just with my mates watching these guys and doing the cross chops on each other and telling each other fucking just mad so stuff like. It just it's all nostalgia and it's all in the feels for me. And and like I said, they had some amazing matches and they had some really, really, really poignant big moments in wrestling. And it was at that time, like that 98, 97, 98, 99, that that massive boom, that huge change in the business um that came in and Shawn Michaels and Triple H were the the OGs, basically. So you had see China was the manager and uh, Rick Rude as well. Rick Rude, Can't forget yeah. Rick Rude. He was the only guy to show up on WWE Raw, at uh, WWF Raw, and WC Nitro on the same. As one was pre-recorded. Yep. Great. Um, just yeah, just incredible, incredible. August eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven, on a Monday Night Raw, you get DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and China. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's all about Number the fuels. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. That's all it is. It's not like, oh my god, they had all these titles, or oh my god, they had all these incredible matches, and blah blah blah. It's just, just the way they made me feel. All it was. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's we annoyed me. It's we a, won't. It has annoyed we me won't. That number one. <laughs> DX simply because I didn't even think about putting them on as my number one. It's fucking annoyed me. Um, I was waiting for you to be like all the way through this. I was waiting for you to be like, oh. Uh, yeah, my it's DX, DX. I was like, when the fuck's DX coming up? And then, like, when you obviously you got, I was like, oh my god, they're not going to be on this list. Holy shit! And then I started second guessing myself. I was thinking, hold on a minute, like, are they really that much of a big deal? But to me, you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They they changed the direction of the Monday Night Wars a hundred percent. You know, yeah, per, like brilliant moments in terms of wrestling history. You know, invading WCW in the tank. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just unbelievable and yeah you've annoyed me the fact they're on your list and they're not on mine fuck you hoxie fuck you <laughs> i think i'm gonna win again uh, well i i don't know i mean i think both lists have been solid i think the justifications we've put across are great and you know i said at the beginning we were it was difficult because we've been in a time where tag team wrestling wasn't prevalent to like in yeah. the wrestling industry but I think we've done all right in our 10 picks plus our honourable mention. And yeah. as you said, there's so many tag teams that we could have included on there. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 I broke the rules and put the Hardys, the, the Dudleys and the ENC as one. Fuck it. Fuck this. I'm going to do my list again. Fuck it. Come back <laughs> it in does, five it minutes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah. I'm nice. happy. This has been, it's been fun, mate. This has been a good one. I've enjoyed it's this been, one. It was stressful. Trying to pick the ten, Jesus, it was stressful, but I've definitely enjoyed it, and I've definitely enjoyed your list this week as well, mate. Cheers. We haven't fallen out. 
We haven't, we haven't no. fallen out. I'm amazed that some are on and some aren't. Um, but it's not like we haven't, like, it's, there hasn't been a fuck off moment, yeah, exactly, which, yeah. is, uh, which is always nice. We don't really falling out all the time, yeah. do we? Yeah. Third Maybe time lucky. That's what happens. Third time lucky. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, HBK, Randy Orton, and I think tag team. That's where we are. Maybe we we are we're destined to be a tag team, Hoxie. Who knows? There you go. There you yeah. go. Right. So, ladies and gents, we have got our top ten of tag teams in wrestling. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? What teams do you have in your top ten? Let us know by emailing us at wrestlemark10 at gmail tweeting us at markout underscore out of ten, or comment commenting on our youtube channel which is also mark out of 10 um if you like the podcast as ever give us a five star rating like it on youtube make sure you sub to youtube as well it doesn't cost you anything and it'd just be nice to get more subs on youtube um and also just to help the podcast grow make sure you share it to at least one person that would like to listen to the dulcet tones of hoxie and shields uh, all of it helps us grow the podcast as i say next week's episode okay we're going to reveal it we've listened to the market of 10 audience and we are going to reveal next week's episode is going to be the top 10 female wrestlers. This is going to be an interesting one, I think. From top me, Shields. 10 female wrestlers. Top 10, top 10 female wrestlers. It's going to be a good one. So from me, Shields, thank you very much for listening. And over to you, Hoxie. Thank you very much, guys. Just like it's just to reiterate what, what Shields has just said, just share with one person. If one person listens, they can tell their friend. They tell their friend, and that's how it all works. Like we're not marketing this. We're not. We're not throwing this on. We're not doing paid ads or anything like that. It's all word of mouth, and you guys are the best marketing we can have. So just go and tell your mates. Share with one person. I've had a really good time on this episode, mate. I hope everyone who's listening is going to have a really good time as well. Just yeah, get involved. Give us your give us your yeses and your noes and your lists, and we will compare. So thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on the next.